vlogs i'm really excited about today's vlog uh we've got um in the house we've got maya today she's going to be sitting and listening in we've got jason ether uh good to have you back brother i think he, he's going to present something as well um sometime during the show so looking forward to that we've got palm wanderers pete once again from last week um yep we've got um amore williams I think also in the background, or he might chime in later. We'll see. Uh, we've got a- Abraham also in the background. Great to have you back, brother. And we've got Josh X as well back this week. So uh, this is a fully loaded panel and a very strong panel. So it's going to be interesting to see how we, how we progress. Right, without further ado, um, I was just saying our topics today, um, I think we're sort of going to carry on from where we left off last week-ish. So last week we talked about um, very deep and strong spiritual concepts um, to do with the ascensional process, um, um, psych, not psychology, astrology, which is tied in with psychology. Um, we talked a little bit about um, cymatics and uh, things associated with that. Uh, this week or this strong we want to carry on in the same vein, but maybe now tether it to the physical. So how does all of that that we spoke about last week, those spiritual concepts, how do they tie in to the physical journey and the physical ascension that we are currently going through and going to have as well? So this ties into our bodies, into food, into um, a little bit of cosmology, where we are, the earth, different realms, dimensions. Um, space and time, plasma. Man, there's just so much to talk about. I can't wait. Myself and Josh, this last week, we've just, uh, oh man, we've been in different realms. We've been digging super deep, man, uh, particularly to do with uh, plasma and polarism and our bodies. So we're really excited to share what we found this week. So uh, let's open the panel up uh, maybe with you, Josh. How are you, brother? I'm really good, really, really good. Um, obviously, just keep progress journey. Um, every day is a new day and a new time for growth and experience. Just really looking forward to getting this whole family together so we can find a, a main location that we can all exist together in harmony, peace, love, and uh, perpetual growth. Um, so yeah, just really keeping focused on that and um, on on the path, just learning lots, um, doing a lot of. Um, you know, deep thought realm, thought processes, <laughs> a lot of meditation and stuff. And um, yeah, just looking forward to what's coming. Yeah, brilliant, brother. Brilliant. I, I echo that sentiment for sure. So uh, was it beginning of this week? You, you, uh, you came down, we, we met up, we had a chat and you said to me, 
um, Martin, look into dipolarism and uh, what was the other one? Zwitter ions. Zwitter ions, yes. Um, of course, I went down that rabbit hole and um, it led me down the path of plasma, which is a topic I've been seeing around and I was aware of, but I had never really looked into. So this week or this strong, for the first time, I've, uh, I've actually done a lot of reading, <laughs> which is not something I normally do. Um, and I was studying mainly um, plasma. What is plasma? How does it work? And of course, once I'd done the research, I went into meditation. And uh, I just can't wait to share what I found. Anyone else want to chime in before we start? I just want All to right. say that it's, uh, yeah, it's a very exciting subject. Is something that's uh, it's been understood and it's being talked about um, by a lot of people in the conscious movement. Um, but there's one fundamental thing that's missing in this application, and um, I think being able to apply this knowledge very soon is going to create a wave of difference um, in the prochessness, the the forward movement of consciousness. Uh, what do you think about that, Martin? Do you think the same? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It almost seems like there's this all there's all this knowledge, but it's not yet applicable. It's not applied. It's just information that's floating out there. So I think what we want to try and do is make this knowledge and this information applicable, make it tangible, uh, you know, make it practical science and not just theoretic science. So for instance, you know, the cosmic egg stuff that I talk about, again, that's theoretic science. Um, it's theoretic information, it's knowledge, um, but it's not applicable just yet. It doesn't have a, a, a plug-in. So I think this topic of plasma is definitely that bridge. Funny we use that word because plasma is literally a bridge, uh, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, that bridge that is going to bridge um, all these theoretic concepts, you know, the cosmic egg, you know, the health that you've been talking about, consciousness, spirituality, or prochessness, rather. And, um, yeah, and tie it all together and actually give us a blueprint of how what we are proposing people should do practically makes a difference, how it actually happens, the science of it. So today's conversation is going to be very, very, very scientific, but spiritually scientific. Uh, very right brain scientific and not left brain. So looking forward to that. It also makes magnetism, I'd say, more more tangible as well, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It ties it ties it all together, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. So, yeah. So plasma. <laughs> um, I did a quick uh, search on what plasma is. And I was totally blown away by even what mainstream science says plasma is. And I just thought to myself, this thing called plasma should be the most important thing on earth, in the world. This is all we should be talking about. Forget, even if you're in, uh, in mainstream circles, forget gravity, forget protons and electrons and all this. Plasma is it. So mainstream science actually says that the most abundant substance in the universe is plasma. Almost everything is made up of plasma. So I thought, wow, that's a very bold uh, statement to make. And I thought, well, what is plasma? What is this thing that they're saying everything is made up of plasma? And it turns out plasma is a gaseous substance. 
So it is a gas, but it's not like other gases. It is very different to normal gases in that normal gases have got um, electrons and um, ions attached to um, what they call the nucleus, whereas um, plasma, the um, ions and the electrons are detached from the nucleus, but they are still with the nucleus. So this is what gives plasma its unique form. Is detached, but it's also together. Um, that makes sense in whatever way. So, um, yeah, plasma is a very uh, special substance. You know, they say the sun is made of plasma. Uh, they are now, um, there's now information coming out that the moon um, is also made of plasma. Space is plasmic. Um, of course, I've been saying for a long time without even understanding why I was saying it, uh, I now really understand it that, of course, the dome, what we call the dome above our Earth, or the electromagnetic toroidal field is a plasmic electromagnetic toroidal field. So it's a plasma field that is electromagnetic or rather dielectromagnified, which is something we'll talk about as well. The aurora borealis um, is also plasma. It's also plasma because that's the dome. The aurora borealis is the dome of the central realm at the North Pole. So like we've been saying, the North Pole is a realm there is a world there, and in that world, they've got their own plasmic electromagnetic dome, which is what we call the aurora borealis. And of course, above where we are in this realm, in the next ring, in the next ripple, we've got our own dome, which we see as the aurora australis, which is our own plasmic electromagnetic um, dome. Now, when I saw all this and I put all this together, I thought, oh, that's fantastic. I read further on and I found out, guess what? Human beings mainly made of plasma. Our bodies are mainly plasma. A human being is 55% plasma. I mean, that is, that, is a, that is a shocking number when you really think about it. We're not 55% skin or, or bones or flesh or anything. We're 55% plasma, 55% gas. We are mainly gas beings. So this made me think, okay, we're gas beings. Is this maybe where we get the concept of ghosts from, right? So inside our bodies, we've got something called a, uh, well, something called blood, obviously. And we all know that plasma is contained within our blood. So in essence, this plasmic substance that is so abundant in the universe, that is the glue of everything, is um, alchemically held within our blood. And then, of course, our blood is held within the matter of what we call our body. So then that made me think, okay, so how is plasma related to our consciousness, what we call consciousness? So in my understanding or understanding, consciousness is obviously a wave frequency. You know, consciousness is a frequency. It's not something tangible. It's a frequency that exists on the, um, on, on a wave, uh, on the wave amplitude, if you like. So on the sine wave and this consciousness or sine wave to obviously coexist or to interact with itself and with anything else, it needs to be contained within something uh, uh, physical or something tangible. And the glue that connects what we call a wave amplitude or a frequency um, to the material or the spiritual to the material is plasma. Plasma is that bridge that connects consciousness uh, with physicality. So within our bodies, 
We have three things, the Holy Trinity. We have our frequency, which is what we call our consciousness or our, yeah, our consciousness. Um, uh, we have our physical body, which is what we see, the physical aspect of us, the outward body. And then we've got an inner body, which is our plasmic body, what many spiritual people call the light body. So now we know what a light body is made of. A light body is made up of plasma. That's what a light body is. Um, so a light body, we now, we've now discovered that a light body is basically just plasma. Mm -hmm. And this plasma is what's holding our consciousness or gluing our consciousness to our physical body. So a lot of the time when we talk about cleaning our bodies and preparing our bodies, this is the body we need to be preparing and cleaning. It's our plasmic body through our blood. Clean your blood, you're cleaning your plasmic body. So forget your physical body. Your physical body, you will, you will shed. It is not that important. Well, it is important because it's housing your plasmic body. But the most important body we really need to start focusing on is the inner body, the plasmic body within us. Because that is the body that we can keep forever. That is a body that is um, indestructible if we look after it. Um, I'll stop it for now. I've been talking quite a lot. Josh or anyone else, do you want to add on anything to that? I'll just say um, there's a few applications in the field of when we, when we get our land, etc. what plasma water um, will be used for. Um, plasma water is, um, a it's funny because it's actually a natural pesticide. Um, so if you charge uh, plasma water and spray your crops with this plasma water, um, it works as a pesticide uh, with a hundred percent success rate. You won't get any type of um, you know negative animals trying to eat this food. If you water your plants with plasma charged water, um, there's tests been done, and we'll put them on this video. But you'll see the seeded date of both plants. They've been watered the same tap water. One has been charged with plasma. And the growth rate, I would say, is at least 10 times faster than just normal water. Um, so there's this applications across every, every single, um, how could I say it? Anything, anything in the whole universe, plasma is number one. It cleans things, it cleans water, it cleans the air, it cleans absolutely everything. It removes, neg uh, neg I say negative particles, but not negatively charged particles, particles that don't work with us. Um, and it also makes some, you can make something called GANS, which is a, a gas in a nanostate. Um, and if you think of the gas liquid solids um, that we have, we can actually have GANS now. Um, and this substance is, I would say, is probably the closest thing we can physically get to the original source energy. Um, so, so this plasma is fundamentally probably the most important thing that we can get our heads wrapped around. And when we do this and we can apply it, it's going to be a completely different paradigm for our physical bodies, our spiritual bodies or our plasmic bodies to progress. Um, so if anybody else has got anything to add there, I just wanted to add in that um, it has fundamental basis to our new progression. Um, so when we can fully understand how it is working with our bodies and to create these devices that will allow us to feed our plants and feed ourselves and create plasmic charged water and etc we're going to exponentially grow at such a rate that um you know we'll realize that we've been held back to, to such a rate 
I'm just going to pass the buck now. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's now quite evident. It, it, it makes sense now. You know, all these protocols that particularly you've been talking about, Josh, you know, with the health and food and uh, distillation and dielectrification and how food, um, you know, affects our bodies and resonance. You know, for instance, before I... I uh, I, I understood it and I, uh, I knew it was the right way, but I didn't understand the science behind it. But looking into plasma, I'm now seeing the science, the, the why and the how, most importantly, the how this um, transformation happens. So this whole ascension thing we've been talking about is a physical journey as well. We're going to physically ascend ourselves. I now know what that physical ascension is. Um, uh, it's all to do again with plasma, our plasmic bodies, our light bodies. Um, I also now sort of understand what all the ancients were trying to do when they talked about alchemy, you know, um, separating lead from gold, right? Transmuting lead into gold. Uh, a lot of people think that that is lead, the mineral, transforming it into gold, the mineral. I'm now pretty sure it is not that at all. Uh, what they meant was um, transmuting your lead body which is your physical body, the matter, uh, you know, your bones and your flesh, um, uh, alchemically tra uh, transmuting them from your light body. And your light body is plasma. And plasma is basically monatomic gold. We've heard that word. You know, a lot of the Anunnaki came to mind, monatomic gold. Ancient cultures were obsessed with monatomic gold. This is plasma. That is what it is. It is plasma in its purest, purest form. So what we're trying to do by eating right and drinking right and being in the right environment is basically feed our monatomic golden bodies, our light bodies within, the plasma within. And you do this by two processes mainly. Um, you have to die, in essence. Now, when I say die, I don't mean D-I-E in the way that we're thinking. I mean die as in D-I, the real meaning of to die. And die is basically where we get words like defuse. You have to diffuse yourself. You have to die still. Distillation, distill. You drink distilled water, right? Um, De-electrify your electrons. So your plasmic body, remember, it's got ions and electrons. So you have to die-electrify those ions. You have to distill um, um, those electrons and those ions. So all these things have to be done practically through actions, right? How do you distill something? How do you diffuse something? How do you de-electrify something, right? So you have to charge it. You have to give it certain charges. And how do you charge our, our bodies? Well, food, right? The fruits and the vegetables have got what? Uh, an electromag, you know, Josh is probably the best person to talk about this, but our food has got uh, a, a, an electric current through it. And those electric um, or those... Um, or that electromagnetic frequency of that food is um, dielectrifying our plasmic bodies. When we drink distilled water, we are effectively distilling our plasma, our plasmic bodies, our blood, right? Um, and by doing that, we are diffusing um, all impurities and um, you become cleaner and cleaner. You expand, you grow, and then eventually the idea is to shed your physical body and become an angel, an angle of light. And this is what real ascension is. This is what they mean by the rapture. This is what they mean by the Holy Ghost. You know, at the moment, there's a ghost within us. 
if we take the right virtuous action, you become the Holy Ghost. And when you do that, you're able to leave your body at will and you're able to, um, well, just uh, transverse this universe into other dimensions um, at will. So there are a few people, I think, who've done this in the past, alchemists, uh, which again, we'll talk about maybe another time. Um, but yeah, do you want to add on to that, uh, Josh, before I give Jason the platform? Um, I was just going to put some things in, into reality, you know, so um, just like up in, in our skies, uh, we have something that dipolarizes or creates plasma um, in our earth and it's lightning. Um, the negative particles draw in the positive and when they do, there's something called dipolarism. They reach at uh, such a close nature that they, they create zero point energy. And when this happens, lightning will strike down, which is actually a plasma field. Now that I've charged the water, also it will clean the air. Um, so we have this natural process going on all over the earth doing what it should do. So we just replicate that um, into, our, into our ascension, into our lives. Um, but unfortunately as well, me and Martin noticed the other day that um, the chemtrails are, are create, they're being created also here to um, take away the natural process of lightning. Um, we were having thunderstorms for days and the lightnings weren't really striking to the ground. They were just dissipating through the false chemtrail clouds, um, which is obviously not going to purify, not going to clean the air as well. And it's, it's, it's taking away that natural process. Um, so again, uh, it just reverts us back to make sure we can try and find ourselves on our ascension process if this is our journey to get ourselves to places where there isn't chemtrails uh, so we can be in our natural environment and why we're here in Babylon just to keep trying to understand that we must if we understand something to a certain level we must take action because otherwise our virtues are coming to play and we'll be hit with a fundamental um, uh, ailment that we'll have to overcome um, as this is the sort of reality that we're presented with so yeah plasma is going to be talked about a lot um but what we're trying to do is just make people see that it has something to play rather than give all the nitty gritty bits of about what plasma is and what it does because basically it's 99.9 percent .9 of our universe um it's kind of like the dielectric field or the uh, inertia field that we exist upon so that green um eminence from the center realm or the the center of any pole uh, the aurora borealis as such um, that is plasma and mm. that is the field that we can create upon so everything in a gas liquid and solid state is held together by plasma the layer on top of a water the skin of water is plasma um, and also within our bodies um, the mainstream science hasn't really got a understanding of how the true nature of the body's working um, but it is to do with negative ions, grabbing positive ions, creating dipolarism, and then plasma's charging the body. And uh, we can only really do this with electromagnetic foods. Uh, and without that, we're causing our internal environment to be separated um, from that plasmic energy, which is creating a more denser being. Um, so when we all get this together, we'll, we'll also add to this gnosis. But for now, uh, I think we just keep it there. And um, if anybody else wants to take it in, did you say, uh, was it Jason had something to say? Yeah, Jason wanted to say something. Uh, I'm just going to give him the, uh, the platform there. But yeah, but, but just to quickly add on to what you were saying, uh, um, Josh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, um, the plasmic field above us, what we call the dome on the, above the earth, above the plane of the earth, as above, so below. 
everything in our universe is related to us in our universe. So the dome above us is this plasmic field, and this plasmic field is um, charging this plane of inertia, the earth. This is what we call lightning. And this charging of lightning is what creates this dipolarization, like you've said. Same thing with the realm at the center, you know, the aurora borealis that is at the center above that north polar realm, the Garden of Eden, so to speak, um, is also doing the same thing. It's charging from the inside out. So when we say there's an awakening or there is a wave of consciousness, this wave of consciousness is coming from the plasmic discharge that's coming from that aurora borealis. And in fact, mainstream science tells us that the aurora borealis uh, gives us charged uh, particles or charged ions um, that, that are released into the air. What they don't tell us is that those charged particles um, have got a frequency and that frequency affects us. So again, like Josh is saying, chemtrails, this is what they're doing. They're sort of not muting, they're watering down the plasmic charge we're meant to be getting. So really, we need to be away from the chemtrails as much as we can to maximize from that plasmic discharge that we could be getting from um, the two plasmic domes within our realm, the inner one and, and the outer one. And of course, all of it is being charged by the very center. So if we go beyond uh, the Garden of Eden and we get into Eden, the, the center, center point, um, you know, where we have Mount Meru or Mount Zion, Mount Olympus, that I'm always talking about on my model, um, or on the model, rather, um, that is where the dipolarization is. That is, the, that is, the, that is where it is completely um, neutralized, if you like. One quick thing that might help people connect some dots is, you know, when you see the Freemasonry and they're trying to merge the masculine and the feminine, they're explaining these two things, it's a positive and negative. This is to create that plasmic body, um, that plasmic charge, the, the masculine and feminine at such a close point, you can't get any closer, this dipolarism. Um, this is what creates that, that plasmic energy. So um, this is all Freemasonry. This is all the, any occultism, the Kundalini, etc. It, this is about plasma. So I just wanted to add that in there too. Thank you. Water is, is quite beautiful uh, to, to look at. And uh, I guess you, you probably all know that you're two-thirds water. but You do, don't you? Right. But, but you may not know that, that because the water molecule is so small, that two-thirds translates into 99% of your molecules. Think of it. 99% of your molecules are water. So do those, your, your, your shoes are carrying around a blob of water, essentially. No, so the question is, in your cell, do those 
those water molecules actually do something? Are these molecules essentially jobless, or do they do something that might be uh, really, really interesting? And uh, for that matter, are we even really sure that water is H2O? We read about that in the textbook, but is it possible that some water is actually not H2O? So these are, these are questions that, uh, whose answers are actually not as simple as you think they might be. In fact, we're really in the dark about water. We know so little. And why do we know so little? Well, you probably think that water is so pervasive and it's such a simple molecule that everything ought to be known about water, right? I mean, you'd think it's all there. Well, scientists think the same. Many scientists think, oh, water is so simple that everything must be known. And in fact, that's not at all the case. So let me show you, to start with, a few examples of things about water that we ought to know, but we really haven't a clue. So here's something that you see every day. You see a cloud in the sky, and I probably you haven't asked the question, how does the water get there? Um, why, I mean, there's only one cloud sitting there, and the water is evaporating everywhere. Why does it go to this cloud, forming what you see there? So another question, could you imagine droplets floating on water? Um, we expect droplets to, to uh, coalesce instantly with the water. The droplets persist for a long time. And then here's another example of walking on water. This is a, this is a lizard uh, from, a lizard from the, uh, Central America. And because it walks on water, it's called the Jesus Christ lizard. And of course, you, you'll say, well, I know the answer to this. The surface tension is, is high on water. But the common idea of surface tension is that there's a single molecular layer of water at the top, and this single molecular layer is sufficient to create enough tension to hold whatever you put there. I think this is an example that doesn't fit that. And here's another example, two beakers of water. You put two electrodes in, and you put a high voltage between them, and then what happens is a bridge forms, and this bridge is made of water, a bridge of water, and this bridge can be sustained as you move one beaker away from the other beaker as much as four centimeters, sustained essentially indefinitely. How come we don't understand this? So what I mean is that uh, there are lots of things about water that we should understand, but we don't understand. And so we, we really don't know. So, okay, so what do we know about water? Well, you've learned that water, the water molecule contains an oxygen and two hydrogens. That you learn in the textbooks. We know that. Um, and uh, we also know there are many water molecules, and these water molecules are actually moving around uh, microscopically. So we know that. What don't we know about water? Well, we don't know some, anything about the social behavior of water. What do I mean by social? Well, you know, sitting at the bar and chatting with your neighbor. We don't know how water molecules actually share information or interact. And also, we don't know uh, about the, the actual movements of water molecules, how water molecules interact with one another, and also how water molecules interact with other molecules, like that purple one sitting there, unknown. Also, the phases of water. Now, we've all learned, <coughs> we've all learned that there's a solid phase, a liquid phase, and a vapor phase. However, 100 years ago, there was some idea that there might be a fourth phase somewhere in between a solid and, and a liquid. 
Uh, Sir William Hardy, a famous physical chemist, 100 years ago exactly, uh, professed that there was actually a fourth phase of water, and this water was kind of more ordered than, than other kinds of, of water, and in fact had a gel-like consistency. So the question arose to us, you know, all of this was forgotten because, because people began, uh, as methods improved, to, to begin to study molecules instead of ensembles of molecules. And people forgot about the collectivity of water molecules and began looking, the same as in biology, be, began looking at individual molecules and lost sight of the collection. So we thought, we're going to look at this because we had some idea that it's possible that this missing link, this fourth phase, might actually be the missing link so that we can understand the phenomena regarding water that we don't understand. So we started by um, looking somewhere between a solid and a liquid. And the first experiments that we did that get us going is we took a gel, that's the solid, and we put it next to water. And we added some particles to the water because we had the sense that something, the, the particles would show us something. And sure enough, you can see that what happened is that the particles began moving away from the interface between the gel and the water, and they just kept moving and moving and moving, and they wound up stopping at a distance that's well, roughly the size of one of your hairs. Now, that, that may seem small, but by molecular dimensions, that's practically infinite. It's a huge dimension. So we began studying the properties of this zone, and we called it for obvious reasons, the exclusion zone, because practically everything you'd put there would get excluded, would get expelled from the zone as it built up, or instead of exclusion zone, EZ for short. And uh, so we found that the, the kinds of materials that would create or nucleate this, this kind of zone, not just gels, but we found that practically every water-loving or so-called hydrophilic surface could do exactly that, creating the EZ water, and as the easy water builds, it would expel all the solutes or particles, whatever, in, into the, the bulk water. And we began learning about the properties, and we've spent now quite a few years uh, looking at the, at the properties. And so it looks something like this. You have a material uh, next to, to water, and these sheets of easy layers begin to build, and they build and build, and you just keep building up one by one. And so if you look at the structure of each one of these planes, you can see that it's a honeycomb, hexagonal kind of, of structure, a bit like ice, but, but not ice. And if you look at it carefully, you can see the, the uh, molecular structure. So, of course, it consists of hydrogen and oxygen because it's built from water. But actually, they're not water molecules. If you start counting the number of hydrogens and the number of oxygens, it turns out that it's not H2O. It's actually H3O2. So it is possible that there's water that's not H2O, some phase of water. So we began looking, of course, more into these uh, extremely interesting properties. And what we found is we stuck electrodes into the EZ water because we thought there might be some electrical potential. It turned out that there's lots of negative charge in that zone. And we used some dyes to seek uh, positive charge, and we found that in the bulk water zone, there was an equal amount of positivity. So what's going on, it looked like, is that next to these interfaces, the water molecule was somehow splitting up into a negative part and a positive part. And the negative part uh, sat right next to the 
water-loving material, and the positive charges went out uh, beyond that. Um, and um, we found, actually, it's the same. You didn't need a straight interface. You could also have a sphere. So you put a sphere in the water, and any sphere that's suspended in the water develops one of these exclusion zones, EZs around it, with the negative charge. And beyond that is all the positive charge, charge separation. It didn't have to be only a material sphere, in fact. You could put a droplet in there, a water droplet, or in fact, even a bubble. You get the same result. Surrounding each one of these entities is a negative charge and the separated positive charge. So here's a question for you. Um, if you take two of these negatively charged entities and you drop them in a beaker of water near each other, what happens to the distance between them? Now, I bet that 95% of you would say, well, that's easy. I learned in physics, negative and negative repel each other. So therefore, they're going to go apart from one another, right? Is that what you'd, you'd guess? Well, the actual result, if you think about it, is that it's not only the positive charge, negative charge, but you also have positive charge. And the positive charge is especially concentrated in between those two spheres because they come from contributions from both of those spheres. So there are a lot of them there. When you have positive in between two negatives, what happens is that you get an attractive force. And so you expect these two spheres to actually come together despite the fact that they have the same charge. And that's exactly what happens. It's been known for, for many years. They come together. And if you have many of them instead of just two of them, you'll get something that looks like this. They, they will come together. And this is called a colloid crystal. It's a stable structure. In fact, the yogurt that you might have had this morning probably consists of what you see right here. So they come together because of the opposite charge. The same thing is true if you have droplets. They come together because of the opposing charges. So when you think of droplets and aerosol droplets in the air and think about the cloud, it's actually the reason that these aerosol droplets come together is because of this opposite charge. So the droplets from the air, similarly charged, come together, coalesce, giving you that cloud in the sky. So the fourth phase, or easy phase, actually explains quite a lot. Uh, it explains, for example, the cloud. And the cloud, it's the positive charge that draws these negatively charged easy shells together to give you a condensed cloud that you see up in the sky. Uh, in terms of the water droplets, the reason that these are sustained on the surface for actually sometimes as long as tens of seconds, and you can see it if, you, uh, if you're in a boat uh, and it's raining, you can sometimes uh, see this on the surface of the lake. Um, these droplets are sustained for some time. The reason they are sustained is that each droplet contains this shell, this easy shell. And the shell has to be breached in order for the water to coalesce with the water beneath. Now, in terms of the Jesus Christ lizard, uh, the reason the lizard can walk is not because of one single molecular layer, but there are many easy layers lining the surface, and these are gel-like. They're stiffer than uh, ordinary surfaces. So, therefore, you can float a coin on the surface of the water. You can float a paper clip, although if you put it beneath the surface, it sinks right down to the bottom. It's because of that. And uh, in terms of the... Uh, the water bridge, if you think of it as plain old liquid bulk water, it's hard to understand. But if you think of it as easy water and the gel-like character, 
then you can understand how it could be sustained with almost no droop. It's a very stiff structure. Okay, so all, all well and good, but why is this useful for us? What, what can we do with it? Well, we can get energy from water. In fact, the energy that we can get from water is free energy. It's literally free. We can take it from the environment. Let me explain. So you have a situation in the diagram with negative charge and positive charge. And when you have two opposing charges next to each other, it's like a battery. So really, we have essentially a battery made of water, a battery made of, of water. And of course, you can extract charge from it. And so that, that is, is the, uh, right now, batteries run down, like your cell phone doesn't, needs to be plugged in every a day or two. And so the question is, well, what charges this water battery? It took us a while to figure that out, what recharges the battery. And one day, we're doing an experiment, and a student in the lab walks by, and he has this lamp. And he takes the lamp and he shines it on, on the specimen. And where the light was shining, we found that the exclusion zone grew. It grew by leaps and bounds. So we thought, aha, it looks like light. And we had many experiments to show that the energy for building this comes from light. It comes not only from the direct light, but also indirect light. What do I mean by indirect light? Well, what I mean is that the indirect light is, for example, infrared light that exists all over this, this auditorium. If we were to turn out all the lights, including the floodlights, and I pulled out my infrared camera and looked at the audience, you'd see a very clear, bright image. And if I looked at the walls, you'd see a very clear image. And the reason for that is that everything is, is, is giving off infrared energy. You're giving off infrared energy. That's the energy that's most effective in building this charge separation in this fourth phase. So, so in other words, you have the material, you have the easy water, and, and you collect energy from outside. And as you collect the energy from outside, the exclusion zone builds. And if you take away that extra energy, it'll go back to its normal size. So this battery is basically charged by light, by the sun. It's a gift from the sun. If you think about it, what's going on, if you think about the plant that you have sitting in, in, in your kitchen, getting light, you know where the energy comes from. The energy comes from the light. It's the photons that hit the plant that supply all the energy, right? And the plant converts it to chemical energy, the light energy to chemical energy, and the chemical energy is then used to do growth and metabolism and bending and, and what have you. That we all know, it's very common. What I'm suggesting to you from our results is that the same thing happens in water. No surprise because, because the plant is mostly water. So I'm suggesting to you that energy is coming in from outside light energy, infrared energy, radiant energy, basically, and the water is absorbing the energy and converting that energy into some sort of useful, uh, useful work. And so we come to the equation E equals H2O, a bit different from the equation that you're familiar with. But I think it really is true that you can't separate energy from water. Water is a repository of energy coming free from the environment. Now, can we harvest some of this energy, or is it just 
totally useless. Well, we can do that because you have a negative zone and a positive zone, and if you put two electrodes in, you can get energy, right? Just like a battery. And we've done that, and we were able to, for example, uh, a very simple optical display can be run from the energy that you can get from here. And obviously, we need to build it up into something bigger and more major in order to get the energy. This is free energy, and it comes from water. Another um, opportunity that we've been developing is getting drinking, clear, free drinking water. So if you have a hydrophilic material and you put, in, put contaminated water next to it with junk that you want to get rid of, so what happens, as I've shown you, is that the stuff gets excluded from uh, beyond, to beyond the exclusion zone, and the remaining easy doesn't have any contaminants, so you can put bacteria there, and the bacteria would, would go out. And because the exclusion zone is big, it's easy to extract the water and harvest it. And we've done that, and we're working on making it, trying to make it practical. Well, one of the things we noticed is that it looks as though salt is also excluded. So we're now thinking uh, about extending this, putting in ocean water, and you put the ocean water in, and if the salt is excluded, then you simply take the uh, EZ water, which should be free of salt, and you can get drinking water then out of, out of, out of this. Also, getting biological energy. So the cells are full of macromolecules, proteins, nucleic acids, and each one of these is a nucleating site to build EZ water. So around each one of these is EZ water. Now, the EZ water is negatively charged, and the region beyond is positively charged, so you have charge separation. And these separated charges are free, available, to drive reactions inside your cells. So what it means, really, is it's a kind of photosynthesis that your cells are doing. The light is being absorbed, converted into charge separation, just the same that happens in photosynthesis, and these charges are used by you. Uh, one example of this uh, obtaining energy on a, a larger scale. I mean, the energy is coming in all the time from, from all over. And it's absorbed by you actually quite deeply. If you take a flashlight and you shine the flashlight through the palm, you can actually see it through here. So it penetrates quite deeply. And you have many blood vessels uh, all around you, especially capillaries near the periphery. And it's possible that some of this energy that's coming in is used to help drive the blood flow, and let me, let me explain that in a moment. So, so what you see here is uh, the microcirculation. It's a piece of muscle, and you can see a few capillaries winding their way through. And in these capillaries are the red blood cells that you can see. <coughs> a typical red blood cell looks like on the upper right, it's big, but when they actually flow, they bend. The reason they bend is that the vessel is too small. So the vessel is sometimes even half the size of the red blood cells. They're going to squinch and go through. Now, it requires quite a bit of energy to do that. And the question is, does your heart really supply all the energy that's necessary for driving this event? And what we found is a surprise. We found that if we take a hollow tube made of hydrophilic material, just like a straw, and we put the straw in the water, we found constant, unending flow that goes through. So here's the experiment. Here's the tube. And you can see that the tube is put in the water. Uh, we fill it the inside just to make sure it's completely filled inside and put it into the water. 
And the water contains some spheres, some particles, so we can detect any movements that occur. And you look in the microscope, and what you find is, looks like this, unending flow through the tube. It can go on for a full day, as long as we've looked at it. So it's free. Light is driving this flow in a tube. No extra source of energy other than light. So if you think about the human and think about the energy that's being absorbed in your water and in your cells, it's possible that we may use some of this energy to drive biological processes in a way that you had not envisioned before. So what I've presented to you has many implications uh, for science and technology that we've just begun thinking about. And the most important is that, that the radiant energy is absorbed by the water and giving energy to the water in terms of chemical potential. And this may be used in biological contexts, for example, as in flow, but many other a blood flow in many other contexts as well. And when you think of chemical reactions that involve water, you just think of a molecule sitting in the water. But what I've shown you is not just that. You have the molecule, the particle, easy, positive charge, the effective light. All of those need to be taken into account. So it may be necessary to reconsider many of the kinds of reactions or understanding these reactions that we've learned about in our chemistry class. Weather. So I've shown you about clouds. The critical factor is charge. If you take a, a course in, in, uh, in weather and such, you hear that the most critical factors are temperature and pressure. Charge is almost not mentioned, despite the fact that you can see lightning and thunder uh, all the time. But charges may be much more important than pressure and temperature in giving us the kind of weather that we that we see. Health. When you're sick, the doctor says, drink water. There may be more to that than meets, meets the eye. And in food, food is mostly water. We don't think of food as being, being water, but it's mostly water. If we want to understand how to freeze it, how to preserve it, how to avoid dehydration, we must know something about the nature of water. And we're beginning to understand about that. In terms of practical uses, there's desalination of possibility. And by the way, the desalination where you need it most is where the sun shines the most in, in dry areas. So the energy for doing all this is available, freely available to do it. And for standard filtration as well, a very simple way of removing bacteria and such from drinking water. It could be actually quite cheap for third world countries. And finally, getting electricity uh, out of water through the sun's energy that comes in. That's another possibility. So I, I've tried to explain to you how water's fourth phase, really understanding that water has not three phases, but four phases. And understanding the fourth phase, I think, is the key to unlock the door to understanding of many, many phenomena. And mostly, what we like most is is actually is understanding the gentle uh, beauty of nature. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So in essence, what we're saying is, you've got a plasmic field within you. This is scientifically proven, right? So whether you're into science or not, this is just something that is a fact now. Inside you, you've got, you're mainly made up of something called plasma. This plasma has got a frequency, like all gases or all liquids, it holds a certain resonance or a certain frequency. 
this resonance or frequency is controlled by um, uh, electromagnetic charge, right? And electromagnetic charge, of course, is mainly influenced through cymatics, right? Through frequency, like we talked about with Pete last week. So what we want to be doing is you want to reach a state of dipolarization. So just look that up for yourself. Google it. Dipolarization is a real thing. You want to get yourself into a state of dipolarization. When your plasmic field or your body, your light body is in a plasmic, in a dipolaric um, state, this is when you are completely neutral. This is when you are, you are um, zero, point. zero point. You are completely at one. This is when you're pure, 100% pure. And at this point, um, well, to do that, rather, to do that, you must distill, which is the alchemical process of um, dipolarizing. You must distill and you must um, diffuse. And you diffuse and distill through dielectrification. And you do that through food and water that you put or you feed your plasmic body. This is where that saying comes in. You are what you eat. You become what you eat. So just think about this, guys. If we're saying that your body is plasma, 55%, mostly plasma, and this is your real body that is carrying your consciousness, and this plasma is manifest as blood, right? It's diffused as blood, which is a liquid in your body, and your soul is in your blood. Technically, that's what they're saying. Your soul is in your blood. When you eat meat, the blood of another being, what are you doing? Especially when it's not of your own DNA. Right. <laughs> you are now completely rewriting your DNA. You're becoming an animal. You are turning your light body into an animal-like structure. When you eat a cow, you become a cow. When you eat uh, pigs, you become a pig. When you eat, it's literal. You, are, you become what you eat. If you eat dead foods, you are killing your plasmic body because you're not charging it. So it's dying. Never mind your physical body. We're now speaking beyond the physical. And the food has no light in it. And again, light is essentially plasma. So you're not eating anything that contains any plasma. So these animals as well, I just wanted to add to that because also this might be a good thing. So the protein inside that meat um, is so difficult for anybody's body to break down because that protein has been made by that animal from amino acids from plants. Now, the amino acids that animal coded was to create this protein synthesis to build blocks on his body. And now people are eating it. So the, the industry has called this thing protein, saying that people need protein, but the protein is made within the body from the light electromagnetic foods that we should be eating. Now, electro and magnetic are two different things and they come together to create this dipolarism. So this food that we're eating, this electromagnetic, is dipolarized. But this is why we should be eating this, to create our plasmic bodies back into their original form by creating the, the, the I'd say the new DNA, because we've had mashed up DNA from a standard westernized diet, to put it back into its original state. Now, once this is done, on a slow progression process, our, our, our bodies will just naturally activate. And obviously seeking gnosis, et cetera, is also information, which is also light. So we just build our temples that way as well. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is what beating death is. You know, so I, I also had an epiphany that when we die, what happens is the moment you die, when I mean die as in the way we, we think of death, death essentially, what happens is your, your, not your spirit, yeah, your spirit, 
your consciousness goes into shock. And because it's gone into shock, um, it's gone into shock because your physical body and your plasmic body are so damaged. So it can no, it can no longer um, sustain itself within that body. So it must leave those two bodies, right? So your outward physical body, a lot of the time is a reflection of your inward plasmic body. So if, if something fails within your physical body, which is actually your light body, your consciousness or your spirit must leave both. And it must leave this plane of inertia and head back into the astral realms, into the plasmic astral realms, to like the stars, to become, to become re-dipolarized, re-energized. Before it can come back again, which is reincarnation, back um, into the carnal and do it all over again. So the idea of beating death is for you to win back your soul. Now the word soul comes from the word solar. It also comes from the word soul from, of your feet, the soles of your feet. So your spirit or the frequency um, of your being, when it's in the heavens, it is on that wavelength, that's that uh, wave amplitude. It is not embodied in anything. This is when you're just a, when you're, you're not a spirit, you're just, uh, you're a frequency, right? You are one, you are whole, you are God, you are one with God. The next process from that is becoming a spirit. You become a spirit by merging that sine wave with uh, what we call a star, right? Plasma. And that's when you become a spirit. You're now a spirit when you are, when your sine wave is merged um, with, that, um, with that light, etheric light. You become a star. Uh, and as you're a star, you're in a star system, you hold a certain frequency, and um, depending on various factors like karma or whatever it is, um, if you want to come down here to earth, not if you, uh, once you're in that process, you're in that process, when you have to come down, you must match the um, um, electromagnetic frequency and also the plasmic frequency of this earth, of this point of inertia, what we call earth. So at that point, this is when, of course, factors like genes come in. So your parents' genes, um, their, their genetic makeup, their plasmic genetic makeup as well, where you incarnate in, all of that has to match with your spiritual um, genealogy. So when you come down, through the solar system, your spirit comes down through the solar system. Um, this is when you become sold, right? This is where we get the word uh, becoming a soul because you are sold, um, you are grounded, if you like. Grounded like how your feet ground you to the earth, right? Under of your feet is called your souls. So your body, when your spirit in plasmic form is in your blood, inside your body, this is what we now call a soul, right? Your consciousness inside a plasmic light body in your body is a soul. When it leaves your body, it becomes a spirit, spiritual. So what we're trying to do now is we're trying to bridge the gap or we're trying to win back our souls, if you like, right? And you do that by taking over, if you like, or taking control of your light body, your plasmic body. And that is how you beat death. Because then your consciousness does not have to get uploaded back into the stars and do the whole process again. 
by doing that, you have, um, you're now walking through the halls of Amenti, as they say. You're now in that in-between world. You're an angel or a ghost, whichever way you want to look at it. And you're now able to transcend into different dimensions or different states of matter at will. Because remember, plasma, even science will tell you this, plasma um, is a moldable substance. That's what plasma actually means. It comes from the Greek word, which means moldable substance. You can morph into anything when you're plasmic. You can transform into anything when you're plasmic. That would be the biggest discovery or discovered. If you look at the word discovered, Magic. you can yep. see that is sine wave covered. Now, to discover that is obviously the most important thing in this realm. Um, so it's been put in the language as well for us to find and see. So, um, yeah, it's a very, um, very, very important to this journey. So if we try and share some information with each other, um, and get it out there. I'm sure the, the hive collective conscious mind now will take a big leap in the progression forward, understanding plasma is basically the ether, you know, the fourth state of matter, but the fifth state as as well, because plasma is really the ether field. So if anybody hasn't sort of caught on to that, you could almost compare it to the ether. Yep. 99.9% .9 of um, everything in the universe is made up of plasma. So if our consciousness is uploaded into our uh, bodily plasmic field and the ether is encompassed by plasma, it means we're all connected. We're literally all connected. Everything is connected. Everything is one. So, so in essence, all we have to do is um, plug into the right frequency and um, you know, the, the, the plasmic glue of whatever it is you're trying to discharge will connect to whatever you want to connect to. It's really that simple. And that is really what magic is. It's just uh, learning how to um, connect all those different uh, variances, if you like, those sciences. Yep. Right. Yeah, there's, you know, I'm, part of me wants to maybe hold till next week to discuss what I want to discuss because I, you know, I wish I had a nice diagram to kind of express it, you know, with some more clarity. But... This is kind of related, but kind of not. Going back to the kind of the, the sine wave and to vector, you know, our vortex mathematics, um, that diagram I showed uh, last week, something that has, has kind of been weighing on my mind is this idea of red devil versus blue demon. And I started to think about, you know, when we enter this, this third this, you know, realm of polarity that we get split, right? We get split into our energetic and our material. And you know, something that came into my mind was this idea of what if, you know, the red devil is really, you know, kind of referencing that the, the material aspect of our being that is still kind of, you know, has no understanding of the energetic side. And if the, the blue demon is the spiritual side of our being that has no understanding of the of the material side. And it's, you know, our goal is to kind of bring those two into one to kind of, you know, kind of have that oneness to, to kind of bring those two kind of what is initially perceived as negative to, to union to bring, you know, bring that positive back in together. Does that make sense? Perfectly. Perfect. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It does completely make sense. And it's interesting you've said that because, uh, again, instinctively, I, as soon as you said it, there are two things that I saw. I saw plasma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being a 
little gaseous thing. We always talk about these Polarians. I was talking about, for some reason, uh, all the ancients as well. They talked about um, all the uh, ascended masters, if you like, being blue beings. You see it with the, with the Asian cultures where they've got these blue people depicted in their paintings and stuff, in their books. What color is plasma? <laughs> blue. Uh, well, pl- well, it depends what form it's in. So if it's in your blood, normally they say it's yellow. Yeah, That's what yellowy. they say. Yeah, but yellowy. plasma yeah. itself, the discharge of plasma, say from lightning blue. or you know, from a blue. testicle. Blue. blue. Yeah, uh, pure, pure plasma is blue. Pure, pure plasma. So it's only yellow in our blood because it's, 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 uh, it's not clean. It's unclean. Essentially, um, and this is where we get back to the whole distilling and getting your plasma, you know. And this is also where we get the story of the blue bloods. So when you said what you said, I saw two things. I saw our re- our blood is what our blood is red or perceived as red. That is what we imagine when we think of our blood. It's red. So that red blood is a manifestation of your soul in the physical form. That is confirmation that you have. Um, something within you because your blood is inside you but again that blood is one half of a much bigger story because the bigger story is the blue side of you the blue blood the plasma so now you're now seeing all these conspiracy theories when they say oh these bloodlines are blue bloods and or they're trying to become a blue blood or you need to have blue blood to be special or whatever it is now you're seeing what they're trying to say so it's not blue blood. It's basically just plasma. You need to, to uh, dipolarize your or electromagnetize your, your plasma until it's blue. That's alchemy. That's turning um, your lead into gold, essentially. So I think that is the whole devil and angel concept. That is really where it comes from. You know, if you are stuck in the material, then you are, you are stuck in the blood side of things, you know? And the blood side of things is my race, my color, you know, all the earthly things. And of course, the blue side of things is the unseen, is the spiritual. Yep. Blood even, even spells, you know, you look at it, B and then L, and then you have the eyes to see, D, which is form. So it puts a God into form. Um, the red side of things, like we were saying, is to reform. R-E-D is rightfully established the form. And to be blue, or to be, you know, blue, is to be luminous, or to have those two lights within. And then again, the twine, or the twilight, is the twin light, or the twin, which is the kundalini. So everything um, is all connected. So I definitely agree with that as well, my friend. Absolutely. And, and I think what happens is, when, you, when we dipolarize our, our plasmic field within our bodies, when we get to that... Zwitter ions, that's it. When we, when we reach, um, when it's completely um, neutralized, you create, what, what color do you create when you mix the red and the blue? You create an ultraviolet Violet. self. You become twilight. It's to let the feminine in as well. You know, the the feminine and the masculine. This is what Abraham perhaps was trying to allude to last week, you know, saying, shouldn't we be neutral? Shouldn't... So yes, now we're talking on a higher level now. This is when those concepts now become relevant. Yes, that's where you should become neutral, twilight, bio-luminescent, bio, luminescent, bio too. Yeah, the neutral is which are on that you're trying to see. The, the, the complete negative and positive charge at such a close proximity, you know, the entire molecules are zero, which is the zero point. Dipolarization or Zwitter ions. 
look into them, people. Absolutely. And this is why we have rainbows after a storm. A rainbow is a spectrum of ultraviolet light, isn't it? So after a storm, what happens during a storm? You have lightning, you have plasma discharge. Right? There's always a rainbow after the storm. So you need to create a storm within yourself. And that storm is what we're calling this process of distilling and um, electromagnifying and all these things, your own plasmic body. And after that, you become a rainbow. Ultraviolet. Right, in bow. And the violet, you can see itself as violent and as violet. Lent is to abstain from the vio. Sony did, did a computer called the vio, didn't they, back in the day? Um, mm. But you've got the vio, which is the feminine uh, vibration, it basically means. So the violet would be the feminine being let into your magnetic body, creating that dipolarization again, you know, because we're on that heavily red set masculine energy right now. We need to. Uh, intake and precipitate with the feminine to create balance absolutely i was just gonna say it's funny your reference of violet um it reminded me of i think what initially you know caused me to kind of dig into words was when i made the connection between violet violence the violin and you know initially i was like these these words cannot be related and then the more i dug the more i realized they are um, yeah. because when you think of, of violence comes from vehemently, which is to a higher degree and, and, and the violin is the higher degree of the musical spectrum, like right? the, the sound, um, and the violet is at the high end of the visible spectrum. And so it kind of, it shows connection amongst them all in, in, the, in the way that we speak to each other. And again, that's just one example, but you just reminded me when you referenced the color. Absolutely. Yeah. Every single thing is connected in the words and the verbiage is incredible, man. It's mm. incredible. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, and and I think what we're now starting to to realize, obviously, is that uh, you know we all say we're all one. We always say these cliche spiritual terms, but a lot of these terms are now becoming like practical science. They're now becoming literal. We're now seeing the oneness in words, like we're doing now, etymology, in symbols, in mathematics in cosmology, in chemistry, in physics. You know, it's all just starting to tie together. It's all starting to come together. And it's really getting exciting now because we're now at the stage where we're now really connecting the dots. I think we're, we're now taking over from the information that was left over by some of the great sages from before, the Nikola Teslas and, and, uh, and the likes. And, uh, and I think over the next few months, we're really going to start to um, unlock some serious uh, Pandora boxes and, uh, and physically start making things um, happen. I think this is now the stage we're in. We're in the stage of now um, physical ascension. This physical ascension is now starting now for those who want to physically ascend, um, which is something else that I want to talk about today. You know, the soul ascensional process. I think it was Maya last week who asked, you know, how does this all work? Ascension in relation to, you know, where we are, you know, this Eden place, where is it? Um, or this other realm, where is it? Or what is it? How, how do we make that transition? So all of this is tying into what we're, we're saying today. So um, to answer your question, Maya, um, 
this is this is how I'm I'm now seeing it based on this information that we've got. Like I've said before, I don't think there's a one size fits all for what this thing we're calling ascension. There isn't a, a you know a one shoe. Everyone has to ascend this way. Take this box, and you're in the club. Um, I, I I don't think so at all. Um, however, I think there are certain guidelines and protocols or codes that you have to follow um, to activate certain paths. So again, there are many, many streams um, that lead to the same river and many rivers that lead to, the same, lead to the same ocean. So this is the same concept now. So how I'm seeing this whole ascensional process that we're calling this ascension in physical terms, I'm going to go back to what I was saying before. Everything is frequency. It begins as frequency first. Everything is on that spectrum of frequency. Now, within that frequency, uh, the frequency is embodied in um, a plasmic field of some sort. And then here on Earth, that plasmic field is embodied by our bodies, our plasma body and our physical body um, um, through blood, if you like. Now, what we're calling ascension is basically the process of uh, expanding. Ascension is basically ex expansion or moving on. I always talk about uh, the meaning of life being experiencing, learning, growing, sharing, and then moving on. So um, uh, that moving on is, is what we now call ascension, that moving on process. Once you've done all the other steps or you've, well, essentially, it's time for you to move on. And this moving on, as far as I'm concerned, is moving on to um, the next classroom. Again, we spoke about this last week, that earth is not a prison. It is a school. We're here to learn. It is a classroom. And of course, like any classroom, once you've learned what you need to learn, you must move on to the next grade, to the next level, right? So in this grade that we're in, we're here to experience a certain amount of K-Ama, right? Karma, knowledge. K is knowledge. We have to arm ourselves with a certain amount of knowledge before we can move on to the next school, just like any other school, right? So once you've reached that stage where you've got enough karma, K-Ama, once you've got enough knowledge, it's time for, your, for you to, um, to write your exam, if you like, or to ascend. And of course, that exam, like most exams, um, that uh, you, uh, there isn't a, a set way of answering a question. Um, you've got to answer the question in your own way, if you like. But there is a right and there is a wrong answer. There is a code of conduct. This is, again, what we're saying with Abraham, that there is um, a system to it all. There is order. It's not just uh, free for all, do whatever, and anything will just happen. There has to be an order of some sort. But it's not a dogmatic order. So I have to reiterate that point. This is not a dogma. It's not a cult. It's not something that we're saying you must do this in order to ascend. Absolutely not. So I think, personally, the Holy Trinity, you can correct me if I'm wrong, there are three ways of ascending. Right. The first way is your consciousness or your spirit, if you like, your higher self, your energy, when that awakens and that becomes um, um, dipolaric, if you like, when it's reached that zero point, which is what we call awakening, you've already begun that ascension process. So when I woke up, so to speak, in 2016, when I had that moment of 20 days of euphoria, of being wherever I was and going through whatever I was, that transformation, that was a spiritual transformation that I was going through. I had already begun my ascensional process. 
I'd already ascended spiritually. My spirit had already ascended. My frequency had already raised itself to match the ascensional uh, frequency of this realm. However, the physical aspect of me and also the semi-physical, the, uh, the plasmic aspect of me, had not yet ascended. That was still in a, um, in a physical form. It, it, it had not yet uh, yeah, ascended itself, so to speak. Now, if I do nothing about it at that stage, which a lot of people are saying, you know, you don't have to become a, a, a vegan. You don't have to be plant-based. You don't have to do any of these things. Uh, once you know, you know. Once you're awake, you're awake. Once you understand all is one and all these concepts, just be. Again, there is some truth in that. Yes, you can just be and be one with everything. However, if your inner body, your light body, your angelic body, and your physical body are not aligned to your spiritual body, those two things will have to die. You have to shed them. And of course, that is what's called purging. You must purge that. And to purge that, that is a painful process, purging it um, forcefully, if you like, which is what we call dying, D-I-E. Die, die, so when this ascension happens, if your plasmic body is not polarized or dipolarized, and your physical body is not dipolarized, you will die to ascend. Something will happen to you. You'll get shot. You'll get, I don't know, something will happen to you. You will die physically in the way that we know dying is. And you'll have to reincarnate um, into this next dimension we're talking about, into Eden, as a new being. You'd have to get born into there as a baby, if you like. Your spirit will have to find a new body a new plasmic body and a new physical body, a new form. Because the form you were in before, well, was too destroyed to ascend. So that's the first way. So there's nothing wrong with that, but you must know that if you want to ascend, you will have to die physically. Now, for someone like me, I don't want to die. I don't want to have to die physically to ascend. I want to ascend in full conscious state. I want to ascend both mentally physically and spiritually. In order to do that, of course, I've got to do the work now, right? I've got to die without having to die, if you know what I mean. And die as in, I've got to die as in D-I so that I don't D-I-E. And this is the purification process we're talking about. This is where you have to take those virtuous actions. This is now where you have to, like we're saying, Eat right, drink right, clean your vessel, clean your body. When I say body, I don't just mean your physical body, I mean your light body, so that it becomes ultraviolet, it becomes a, a rainbow. And then you can ascend with your ultraviolet body, with your spirit body, and your mental body. And that is a much less painful way to purge or to ascend yourself. It is much more exciting. It is much more beautiful. It is much more encompassing. Personally, um, I think it is, it is a lot less traumatic as well. Ascending while conscious, while fully conscious or super conscious. There is also a third way, which is the hardest way to do it. And that is the most purest way. And this third way is where you ascend with all three bodies, your mind, your body, and your spirit. Right? And this is where you become breatharian. So all of a sudden, you're not eating anymore. You no longer need to, um, to feed your light body. You're now feeding on prana. 
your plasmic body is feeding off the prana, the direct plasma from the sun and from the moon. That is what is nourishing your plasmic body, your light body. And that is what breatharian is. You're breathing in plasma from the plasmic field. Remember, everything is plasmic. From the trees, oxygen, plasma. You're breathing that in directly. And when you do that, you don't even have to shed your physical um, body of matter. You don't even have to shed that. You can literally walk into the next realm com as a complete being, as we are right now. And that is the ultimate goal, I think, for most alchemists, is you want to transcend whilst whole. This is the holistic ascension. Now, if I'm being honest with myself personally, I'm not sure I can reach that third state um, if this ascension is going to happen as soon as we think it's going to happen in the next two years, either end of this year or end of next year. If those dates are correct, I personally don't think I will reach that stage. So I am happy to ascend with that middle stage, to ascend with my light body and shed my physical body. I'm happy to do that. I'm content with that. What I don't want to do is I don't want to have to leave my light body behind and my physical body and then I have to reincarnate and go through that whole reincarnation process, albeit in a higher class, in a new classroom, in an ascended place, this place we're calling Eden at the center. So Maya, if you're listening, I hope that answers your question on how I personally see this ascension and what this ascension is and why these protocols that we're, we're talking about are important or not for you. If you're hip, happy to purge the painful way, which is through death, you know, dying physically and dying metaphysically, then fine, do nothing. And just be in your state of being, do your meditation, continue being in that headspace, and, um, but you will have to purge. You will have to purge because you are poisoned. Your body is poisoned. Your plasmic field is poisoned. You will have to get a new one if your consciousness has now passed the grade of this realm. But that is a painful process to go through. It's a purging. This is purgatory. You don't want to go through purgatory. You want to go straight into heaven. That is the allegory of that. So those of us who want to ascend physically whilst alive without having to go through purgatory, we have to do the work now. We have to cleanse ourselves. We have to prepare ourselves, prepare our vessels, prepare your light body. We're preparing a light body. Hopefully, you can even prepare your, your physical body, which is the ultimate dream, I suppose. It's the reason for Babylon. To be able to see the bad and the good, and to be able to make your decisions and become, I would say, good or God, you know? And that's why Babylon is, is actually be able on, uh, as is the, the Kabbalah is the K-Abler, the Karma is the K-Arma, and the Kabbalah is the K-Able. And it's all about, you know, being able, as in the Bible is the Bible, and you need to be able. Um, and, and this Bible is the red and the blue coming together to create that die, which is God. You know, the dipolarization is God. The center of this realm would be called our soul or our source, which would be the God. Um, and I see, you know, um, this life as, you know, is a big um, school. And we must 
be virtuous to elevate ourselves to this light body or, or, or to this experience that we want to progress to. And without taking the necessary steps, we're not going to be able to experience that um, in knowing state. Um, so, you know, like Martin was saying, the, the reincarnation stage of it is just a redshift, which is just to reform back here. And the word itself, reincar, we know car is to carry something. RE is to rightfully establish. So you're rightfully establishing um, being carried again and there's end in that eight. That's why it's reincarnate and the eight is at the end, which is a, a full cycle of vibration. Um, so you're starting in a new physical and then you will have death, but that's proper death, spelled D-E-A-T-H, which is D, a physical vibration. So that physical vibration stops and that's death. And as Bruce Lee said, to learn to die is to be liberated from death. Die and death are they're really two different things um so i like to tie i just like to tie in those words with you um so you can maybe correlate some things in the mind um and then i also wanted to share i was thinking of east and west as well you know with um with the freemasons they say you start in the east aries is in the east if you look at the word east is e as t or e a s t which is an ether alpha sine wave of the physical um and then the west is uh, the W established um, or the ether sine wave in the physical but you see the east is as a physical and the west is the two of you established so the duality side is on the west and, and the singularity would be on the right side again with the east so language always ties it in for us to see so if anybody wants any um, you know the language tied in with any words or anything just just ask um, and I'll try and help out um, but as Martin stated, you know, Martin's take lead and he's, he's speaking good out there. So um, I don't really have anything to add apart from that, mate. Yeah, that's brilliant, uh, Josh. Thanks. Thanks for that, actually. Good clarification and, uh, and uh, synchronization there. Um, I think that is something that, uh, that you know, I think the, the biggest thing this, way, this, this strong for me was realizing what, what all these ancient mystics meant by saying you must die. Uh, yeah. you know, to, to liberate yourself. Now I know what die is. Die is not death. It didn't say you must, uh, you know, you must, you must, you know, achieve death. They said you must yeah. die. Now we know what die is. D-I. So and this die is, is an energy. And I just wanted to say as well, because a long time ago, um, you know, I was, I was, I was doing my studies many, many years, like 10, 10 odd years ago. And, um, I was fixated on ley lines. Um, and obviously not understanding too much about magnetism about 12, 15 years ago. Um, and now I do. And, and now coming into play with this dipolar and this switcher ion, you'll see that, you know, these ley lines are just where the, the masculine and feminine torus uh, are, are crossing or the grid on our earth. So these two energies are creating that dipolarization when they touch. So these ley lines would be uh, emanating pure plasmic energy. So they would almost be like wireless charging pads for our, for our avatar. So, um that was a nice little easter egg that sort of jumped to me within the last couple of strongs oh beautiful absolutely beautiful and i'm just reading in the comments there abraham is uh, he's persistent um you know he's saying that uh you know we don't have to go anywhere this is a school all we have to do is reflect and uh, we just stay here and i don't know carry on being here i, I don't know but i'm just gonna i don't want to get involved in a back and forth all i'm going to say is Earth is a school. I mean, that is just obvious. We are here to learn and we're here to grow. 
And learning is about growth. Growth is about expansion. When you have expanded in a school, you must move on. This is just a basic concept, even on the physical plane. You go to school to expand yourself and to move forward. You don't stay in the same classroom forever, right? And even when you grow up out of school, um, you know, the, you move on to something else. You always have to be moving on to something else. Always. There is a destination. Life is a journey, which means there's a destination. It's not a race. It's a journey. Now, all we're doing right now is we're trying to figure out, the, or I think we have, we're trying to figure out the journey and also the destination. Right? What journey are we on? This is the reflection part that you're talking about, which I agree with. What journey are we on? But most importantly, now that we've discovered this journey, what have I learned? Right? And depending on what frequency you're vibrating at, it will take you to what you need to know for your next leg of the journey. Now, if you are feeling like you don't need to go anywhere, like I've been saying, you, Abraham, are saying we don't need to go anywhere. We're meant to just be here. That is your journey. That is what your frequency is telling you. You are here to, to carry on experiencing this paradigm for a little bit longer. It is not a good or a bad thing. It is not a competition, like I said. It is just a journey. So that is where your electromagnetic field is drawing you to. Now, for people like myself and others, there is nothing in this place I really do feel uh, that will expand me any further. I've expanded enough physically, not mentally, not consciously, physically. So this physical realm, I've outgrown it. But I've not outgrown the metaphysical realm of the earth. So I must move to a different classroom here on earth to learn to grow, to expand mentally even more, consciously. A new classroom. So I'm not arrogant to think that um, I must leave earth altogether and you know, go into the stars because I've learned everything. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I've outgrown this particular classroom that we're in right now. I'm ready to move on to the next grade. Now, this is why I think it's important for us to know or to have a map of where we live. This is why the ancients, you know, gave us the cosmic egg with all the different realms and all the different worlds. This is why this information is so important because now you've got a map of the classrooms. You know what classrooms they are. You know which direction you need to be going in. Am I going up a grade or down a grade? But where is that grade? Yeah. So a lot of spiritual people will say, oh, you know, it's all within your heart or, or you just need to just visualize and you just create out of nothing. I don't believe that at all. That is, that is a new age deception. There is a map. There is a, there is a blueprint. There is, um, there is structure and there is order, both physically and metaphysically. So for me, I know for a fact I'm going to the next classroom, the next stage. I know where that is because I've now got the map. The next stage for me was the how, which Josh has been helping me figure out, right? The how to get there, which we're now getting to. This plasmic um, information we're now getting. We're now seeing the picture of the how to get there, how to physically ascend to this next classroom um, of learning. So going to Eden is not, oh, we're going to get there, sing Kumbaya and, uh, you know, everything is it's over. We can retire. No, it's just the next classroom. There are still things we'll need to learn there, but it's just the next grade up. It's a better version of this rendering. That's all it is. And eventually we'll outgrow that classroom and we'll move up to the next classroom. 
what we call Mount Meru, Mount Zion, Mount Olympus, the holy mountain, the zero point. You become a Polarian, an angel, right? You're now out of bodily form. You're now pure plasmic form. Again, that's the next classroom. Eventually, you graduate from that. You're now ascending into the solar systems, like I um, explained in my Cosmic Egg presentation, which I explained at the time I was channeling that information. I really didn't understand what I'm saying. I now do. And that's why you're a universe in a multiverse, because you're here for growth. And there's one thing, these words obviously have sub subconscious attachments to us. And all of these words end in verse, the uni, the multi, but the diverse means, uh, well, a completely different range of so many different things. Diversity is, is, is just, uh, how would you explain diversity, Martin? How would you explain diversity? Diversity is a choice, freedom of choice. The first rule of, yeah. um, of the universe, the first law, freedom of choice. That's why universities are called universities here because they only offer one type of mindset. Um, but being Brilliant. diverse is the key. It's Brilliant. Ah, oh, beautiful. We must die. Die again. That word, diversity, and not university. No, you're in your university. You're in the universe, and this is why you must seek to see decay, and you must progress on your own way. Um, Nobody in this journey is going to be at the same as anybody else. There's going to be so many different wavelengths within these beings. But as you, you as well as I know, that as you progress and you keep seeking, uh, perceptions do change. Now, perception is key here because you build perception. Um, you know, maybe look back a few years ago, anybody who's listening, and you just see how you, how you looked upon the world. Well, just in a stand, but that, that doesn't stop. And it keeps progressing. So where you're at, if you believe that that's all you need to know, then that's where you're going to stay. This universe is uncapped and is forever unfolding. And this is just for you to find and seek. And when you seek, you will find. So I would suggest if you're just in that mindset, if you're happy, stay there. And if you want more, then just keep seeking. Because when you put in the time and the effort, your actions create your karma. Now, your karma is the armor within your mind. Now, this builds you up to such a strength that you cannot be defeated in any way. Now, um, that's what I seek. You know, I, I seek all knowledge, all fundamental knowledge of the ages. And when you get to a certain level of consciousness and perception, you can you can trance. And this, this is the thought realm. When you can access a thought realm, you can pull in knowledge of the ages. And this is where you'll find the information that you need to progress. So I would just say to you, just just keep at it and keep seeking for yourself. Um, yep. And when you build yourself up, you know, and it's not necessarily the best thing just listening to um people speak because when you when you do it yourself this really this is the only thing that creates you know the god environment within self is the sine wave of l f being matter so the self is the sine wave of the god in matter form um and brilliant this is how we, we we do need to keep progressing and expanding when i say we i mean i but you know i say we loosely but yeah so there's just oh, brilliant so much perception in this inception for your reception, not to get deception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, 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 brilliant. And, and you know, I just feel like um, it's, it's good that Abraham is in the chat because he's, uh, he's bringing up uh, questions that a lot of spiritual people are, I find a lot of spiritual people are in that realm of just the, uh, the metaphysical, the spiritual, but they've not connected the physical aspect of the journey. So a lot of spiritual people say, oh, you know, it doesn't matter if the earth is round or flat. It doesn't matter about, uh, you know, any of that. All we have to do is go into your heart. It's all in your heart. 
and you think, well, that makes no freaking sense because we live in a physical world. So you must account the physical journey. So yes, I agree. 100%. It is all in the heart. 100%. What is in the heart? So you say when it's all in the heart, what is in the heart? Blood. Blood is in the heart. And what is in blood? Plasma is in the, is in the blood. Right? So essentially when people say, just go within your heart, basically you're saying, go within the plasma. And what is your plasma holding? Or what is in your plasma? Your consciousness. Now those things are tangible things. The plasma we're talking about, holding your consciousness, that is the bridge between the physical and the spiritual. So if there's a physical element to the consciousness, then that physical element needs to have a journey as well. A physical journey. We're not stuck in duality, right? We're not, we're not, we're not umming and ooing and going, oh, left, right, said, right. Absolutely not. We just have an, un, an inner standing of it. That's all it is. We now just have an inner standing of it. So we're able to talk about it from a higher perspective without yeah. a dualistic nature. That is all it is. It's almost like, uh, how can I put it? It's like being in a classroom and it's the end of the year and you now know all the answers to everything you need to learn within that grade. And then you're now trying to teach it to someone else. And that person says, oh, these, this is all too complex. It's because you don't understand it. Uh-huh. You don't understand. It's complex because you, you're not yet consciously able to um, perceive. perceive. Yeah. And I do want to say I find it quite difficult because when you're on this heightened perception and, and you try to bring the words down, sometimes you find yourself tripping yourself up or sounding a bit slow because you don't know how to put these things into words. Um, because, you know, first you, you think and then you feel. <laughs> And to be able to fill your universe and the multiverse interacting, that's, that's what's real to me. Like, not thinking, uh, I'm feeling my way around this game now and navigating myself through feelings. And those are the things that's very hard to explain. And when you get yourself to a certain consciousness, I mean, you know, people still talk about the flat earth, people talk about the magnetism, people talk about emotion and water, people talk about all of these things. And these things have been you know, understood by my being for a good 10 years now. Um, and I've left that information and I've left it to my higher thoughts to be able to just fragment my mind, you know, and, and create my being moving forward. And, and, and the nature is now my teacher. Um, so, yeah, these things are very hard for a certain level of perception to try and put back into words. And I find it you yeah. know, very, very difficult to even explain certain things because um, if I'm left to my own devices, I'll just reel off on a flow and then it might not be understood. So do forgive me if I sound sometimes a bit unable to speak, but no, no, not at all, Josh, not at all. And, and, and again, complexity is subjective, right? You know, if, if you try and explain something, if you try and explain a, what you think is a simple complex to someone who doesn't understand that thing, even if it's mathematical, mm-hmm. you know, if I went to a, a four year old and tried to explain to him what multiplication is, you'd say, Oh, it's just too complex. It's pointless. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. It's complex for them. They'll say, why talk about all those complex uh, concepts? But well, just, as an adult, I know it's not complex. It's very simple. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's simple. Once you understand it, once you get it, you get it. A year ago, I would not have been able to go on a NASA website and read about Zwitter ions and dipolarization and all these uh, terms and uh, deep chemistry and physical terms and understand them. I wouldn't. It would have been too complex. And I would have just gone, oh, it's all lies anyway. 
They don't know what they're talking about. But now I've got a higher perception. I'm reading it and it's making sense. And I'm saying, ah, I see what they're trying to say. So I'm, I'm, now, I've, I've, I'm now perceiving the truth in it. I'm now seeing it yeah. and yeah. building on it. Yeah. It's like a tree, for example. You know, a tree many, many years ago would have just been a tree and you would have heard the stories about trees being special, your opposites. Maybe you might have heard the earth was a tree. Um, and when you fundamentally grasp these for years, they do create perceptions. And then these perceptions in the thought realms create almost a new reality for the mind to then perceive and move forward with. Now, my mind almost perceives, well, sees trees as energy rather than as a tree now. Um, so these are states of consciousness that I've been through. And now trying to share these experiences with people into words is, is difficult. So what we're trying to do is just present little small things like these Easter eggs, like, you know, plasma, something for everybody to go and look into. And in a stand, the Zwitter ion on the dipolarism is key, but we can't alliterate that or sorry, we can't speak that outwardly because it needs to be understood within. Mm. Now, even in the etymology side of a tree, you see the T-R-E-E in a, a physical rightfully established in an ether field. So these trees are establishing ether, but ether is also plasma. So these trees are, are plasmas. And when you understand how plasma works with water and energy and bodies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you really understand and have an overview of what this is, you know, doing to our bodies, doing to our physical, doing to our universe and manipulating water. So water is going to be one day fundamentally the key to everything. It's the key to within, it's the key to without, it's your breath, it's everything within. Um, so that's just another perception. Sorry, I was just looking at a tree, so I thought I'd just say it. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> these trees are fields. The fields are called fields because they have fields and, you know, earth and grounding is because we need the earth and ground and we are electrical beings. So understanding the dielectricity is key. Um, it's just so there's so much that builds perception um and then action obviously creates that heightened perception so depending on what one's able to do and if they're still in, in in a work situation then i'd say the next step is to try and relieve yourself from work so then you can allow your connection to the things around you and perceive differently because even going to and from work that's war with decay and this is creating an imbalance within the mind even if you think you enjoy your work um because it's not something we should be doing you know um at all the the, the the things that we need are you know food and shelter and when you built your shelter the food grows itself so you know it says it all there's lots of time for this conscious mind that we have a, a great heightened awareness of any being uh on this plane um so we have this special cognitive function and this isn't the end of the road you know the journey is limitless you know the i'm possible is not impossible it's i'm possible and it's down to us to make sure these things happen nobody's going to do it for us you know and i'm i'm just very excited about putting action in um with this new thing that we're doing martin you know it's so important for me it's, it's the most important thing in, in my my universe right now yeah that's 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 fantastic what you just said josh uh, which leads into maybe what what we want to talk about next but um you know there's a reason why i want to touch on what you just said about war with the k you know, we all want to be magicians. We all want magic to happen, right? All of us. We all know as well that the best magicians are usually what? Witches and wizards, right? And those type of people. Now, even culturally, we're told that these people are what? They're outsiders. Witches were always the ones who lived in the forest. Yes, wizards. 
little cabin yeah, in the forest. Spread, or you're told to stay from, away from them, or da 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 da. Yeah. Uh huh. You're told to stay away from them. All these things. There's a reason why that has been planted within the subconscious of us. Because to become a wizard or to become a witch, which a witch, which can create magic, you must put yourself in um, a dipolaric place. Not just mentally, but physically. Again, we live in a dualistic paradigm. You must reconcile the two, the physical and the mental. So yes, you might be free mentally, but if you're not free physically, you are not yet whole. You're missing the holistic element of that journey. Not to say it's right or wrong, absolutely not. But we're saying if you want to enjoy and be fully immersed in this essential process, this awakening, if you want to feel the full spectrum, the ultraviolet spectrum of what's about to happen and what is happening, you must remove yourself from war or war, especially war with knowledge. Now, you can only get knowledge if you're immersed within the fields of what you're trying to create. Now, magic is in nature. That's where magic is. It's in the plasmic fields, like Josh was just saying. So you need to be always in those fields. If you're not in those plasmic electromagnetic fields, it means you're in the concrete jungle. So you're not having the full spectrum of it all. The dualistic concepts that we're speaking of is really just of this world because we are in this world. And also on one of your comments, I see that you know, you've realized that singularity is the end goal. Well, I want to say that the singularity is the dipolarism. Um, which is the end goal, which is the key, which is what we're speaking about right now. Yeah. Um, so it depends. I think the perception may be, you know, between us a, a slightly different, but, um, you know, what we're saying here is fundamentally the, the, the keys to this moving forward. Um, if yep. you don't get it on your level of awareness right now, you, you know, you, as you said, you're fully aware of what we're speaking about. You might be 10 times ahead and uh, hats off and fully respect to you. So, um in that sense um but i feel for myself i'm not really too far away from you know cracking my cosmic egg open um and having full universal awareness so um just good luck on your journey and i, I wish you well 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 said josh well well said very well said you know can you guys hear me now uh, yeah. oh yeah yeah sorry about that i don't know what's going on with my mic um yeah i mean basically what i was going to comment on was you know josh was you know, speaking earlier about sometimes the challenge in, in forums like this of kind of reducing things in effort to kind of, you know, communicate to somebody that might be at different levels, but sometimes in doing so, you, you overly complicate. Uh, and I think that's what Abram's issue is right now is that we have a tendency to overcomplicate things. And that reminded me of, of, you know, my kind of perception of language right now. When I talk about language with others, I kind of look at it like languishing. We're languishing in our understanding of language. And, you know, my analogy for it is, you know, really along the lines of computer programming. When you look at the initial computer programming language, they were in, immensely complex. Um, and it took like hundreds of lines of code just to make a cursor move, right? But as, as we progressed, we've, we've, you know, reduced all of that code into simple commands. And so that people learning these languages now have an understanding of the commands and are trusting that the back language is doing what they were told it's doing but they don't have a really understanding of, of truly what that, that backend code, because there's so many layers of abstraction. And I look at right now in the way that we speak to each other, we don't, right now we're just starting to kind of 
come to, to some understanding that our words are powerful, the sounds that they make are powerful, but we don't truly understand quite yet what they mean and what they're doing. I think the ancient cultures did have a better understanding, but that's where the babbling, where the, where the confusion um, and the distortion of, of language and sound happened so that our modern cultures, we're speaking to each other, we think that we're, you know, we're you know, expressing what we're intending to express, but we might not understand what the sounds are actually doing to our reality, right? Um, and I think it's, it's as we kind of progress in this journey, you know, throughout all of us, I think we're sharing each other's kind of, you know, stage along our journeys. And I think that's what we're trying to do here, right? Our effort to express is, is to hope that we, you know, help e nudge each other along at whatever stage you currently are at. Um, so anyway, you know, I just, you know, I've been trying to respond to Abram as he's been, you know, text typing in and, and I'm hoping kind of, you know, maybe I think he, I think he is here for a reason. I believe everything happens for a reason. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to you know, respond to that. So that hope that, you know, others that are maybe listening in and, and not commenting, maybe they're getting something out of that. So. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like you're saying, uh, trying to find out how the language is presenting itself to us. Uh, I think maybe there's something I should share. It's just so big. And, you know, when I've tried to even explain this to somebody um, who's been typing this out, um, I've had chats with brother John and he's been typing out just a few words I've been breaking down and sure it's pages and pages. And if I was to write a book, really decoding the things that sort of came to me and when I was disconnected with nature, sorry, disconnected in with nature, I was with nature. Um, it's going to be a long, long, long winded thing for me to be able to do and because I'm actioning myself to the highest point right now with my family eating the highest vibrational foods, constantly doing things myself, not, not looking outside. I mean, there's no convenience here. It's, it's very difficult. Um, and this is why community comes into play because when we're all together, this would allow, you know, it won't take three or four people to make food for 20, but when you're on your own, you have to do it on your own. And it, and it takes a lot of time. Like I was saying before, I wash all my food twice with, you know, bicarb lemons, uh, you know, washing the lettuce can take five to 10 minutes, you know, and if I'm having two of them, that's 20 minutes just for lettuce. Uh, and not to mention all the other things that I, I'm doing with the food. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult and we would love to be able to get ourselves in a position to present things, you know, what we really truly understand of our special abilities, but it's very difficult when you're, when you're action in this, uh, you know, the higher end or the higher spectrum of life. Um, but I wanted to say, you know, the, the sentences and, and the say and the seances or the science, you can see the answers is how we pronounce our words. And, you know, the true seance is how we say our, our answers. And when you have when you write a sentence or you say a sentence, you know, you have sent an ounce. Um, and this is the fundamental basics of our basis, I would say, of our reality around us. Everything is a vibration. We have the ability to create create vibrations from our from our vocal cords um and we can manipulate the you know the sounds the paradigm and our reality around us um i'd also like to say that you know the, the true physics here is five and six which adds to 11 and then when you understand the 11 being l even and the twin pillars again this is the masculine and feminine the left and right of our brain and they must meet to create this dipolar zwitter ion so it all fundamentally falls back to this plasma now when you understand plasma what it is and what it does then you'll have the ability to transform or have transformation now because we're fundamentally on a masculine sine wave right now and we need to find our mother or reconnect with a feminine sine wave that 
is only when we will find this dipolarization within us. And we've been put into this heavy masculine matrix side of things. So we are disconnected and have the ability to see the dualistic nature of this realm. By choice, by action, we must remove ourselves from that masculine and find the feminine. And when we do, there's something that will happen within inside of us. All we need to do is create that perfect balance within. And once it does, something beautiful will fundamentally happen to you. And it will rise up your spine and create something that you're not really able to be put into words. So, you know, this again, it all falls back to this zero point energy. And, you know, that is centering oneself as a small part of meditation. And we have the ability to do these things. Every single being in this realm can do it. Um, but it depends on what actions they're willing to take and how much knowledge they can seek within a certain amount of time. Um, anything else anybody wants to add to that? Yeah, no, that's perfect. I think Jason wanted to say something. You still want to say something, Jason? Um, yeah, it's a little, um, we've moved on a little bit from, uh, it was just something Josh said uh, a few minutes ago about water being everything. Um, yeah. I, actually, I actually was trying uh, to explain this in a, a group that I'm in, um, and I was breaking it down etym uh, etymologically, basically saying if you look at water, uh, you have the, the W, which is the two U's, A is unity, and if you actually look at T-E-R is terra, well, T-E-R like, like terra, so that was kind of confirmation to me that water is everything because water unifies, you know, both bodies within this physical claim yeah perfect and and water well we all know water carries information right and information is what information is knowledge information is what makes everything up we talk about everything being sound and frequency and symbols all that is information and is carried by what by water water is also medium between the three states of matter you've got solid liquid and gas liquid is in between gas and solid right again now you get into the realms of your light body being plasma and being in the form of blood and being a gas and all these things so plasma is the perfect medium because it's all those things in one it's a solid remember the word plasma comes from the greek word and it means moldable substance in other words it can be solid it can be liquid and it can be gas so it's the best carrier of information and we all have our own information, what we call DNA. Again, there's physical DNA, which we all know about, but there's also spiritual DNA. Again, we live in a dualistic reality right now in this realm. So we must always account for both the physical and the metaphysical. There is a physical aspect to everything and a spiritual aspect to everything. So yeah, water is life, 100%. I agree. No, that's def yeah, definitely agree. It definitely is. And I think there's a lot of science that uh, when this paradigm shift happens, you know, water is going to be uh, rediscovered and um, people are going to really understand what water has the ability to do. You know, water is going to, water will save everything. I just can't put it into words. There's just so much web of what I see about what water is. So I don't know how to put these things into words. But one day, fundamentally, everybody's going to see that water is the key to absolutely everything, the technology, um, just absolutely everything. Well, we're almost there, right? What do computers run on? They run on silicon. The chips. Right? 
Yeah. Silicon, yeah. And silicon in its purest form is what is a what? So it's a, it's a type of plasma, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. So there you go. Water. So already within this uh, materialistic, you know, physical realm, what we call computers, and computers carry more information than anything else at the moment. Well, water is driving that movement, but it's artificial, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward again, I'm looking forward to the next classroom where we'll be able to use water in the right way without having to use artificial technology and using organic technology as computers. Because computers are not a bad thing. Everything that, is, that we think is bad, like computers and all these things, all these things are copies of an original form, even foods. Josh, uh, you know, Josh blew my mind when I met him uh, over a year ago. And he, uh, you know, I, I remember Josh, when you said to me that all food that I'm eating is a copy of an original plant-based recipe. Oh, you mean like so when you eat Cadbury's chocolate, chocolate, you can actually make a Cadbury's chocolate that is completely organic plant-based. And again, you know, you made one for us and I make it for my children all the time just like a Cadbury's chocolate. And you can see how they copied off the original. They just have to find their ways to put the, you know, the, the, the poison again, and recycle it back through the beans that don't understand how to live and eat. And this is just Babylon. This is just yep. the way it works. This is the way that we can create ourselves. And if we don't understand how something works or we have fear of it, we will manifest it into this reality to overcome. And Absolutely. Act virtuous and we just get recycled and reformed. Um, and that, that, that's how it does work here, you know, and if you, if, if you can, you can perceive this, then, you know, you should put action in, into play because this is when your life will change. Oh, um, beautiful. I've only got 1% battery. So if I flop off then uh, I'll try and reconnect right, on another one. But yeah, no worries. No, it's interesting. Is sometimes why do I feel this ascension process? It's fine to eat dense food sometimes, but obviously there is a, a progression that keeps moving forward. Now, if we keep going back into heavy, dense foods, our consciousness will close up and we will continue to act like computers. Um, but I'd say, you know, if you're having dense foods sometimes, then your progression and your ascension has allowed yourself to reach a new height. So you feel this ascension, but your ascension will stop. Um, the ascension needs to keep progressing. And I, when I say progression, I don't see the word progression anymore. I see what the word progression means now. Pro is four. G is this G, which is the seven or the seven incandescent colors of Ra, which is the God realm or, or our projector of this realm. Oh, I think we lost him. I think we lost him. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, I just had a thought as well while we're speaking there about water. From when we're young, we're always shown these wizards who were trying to see the future. And what would they do? They'd look into a pot of water, wouldn't they? They would, you know, stir their wand into a pot of water. And then they would say a magic spell. And that water would show them whatever they needed to see. You see, I was watching the Smurfs yesterday with my children. And Gargamel in the Smurfs does that, doesn't he? He stirs the water. He asks the water. And the water shows him what he needs to see. So that is where they stole the idea of mobile phones and computers, Skype, what we're doing now, Zoom, right? This is now an artificial replica of that real truth. So if we knew how to use water in its purest form, we'd be able to communicate through the water from long distances, physically. Um, Pom, uh, Pete, you wanted to say something? 
Oh, can you hear me? Oh. Yep, I can. Yep. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad that Josh got uh, lost his connection, but it was just thinking out, you know, while he was still on, I was going to try to, you know, get his feedback on, and you know, another thought that came to mind the other day regarding, you know, kind of quote of out of chaos will come order. And you know, I started to think about, you know, chaos as what if it's actually referring to, you know, chaos, in other words, kind of referencing our collective mind. Um, an order kind of interpreting it differently, looking at the individual letters as, you know, O as being that whole, you know, D being the having, that repetition of the having of the whole. And so in other words, interpreting of, of, out of our collective mind comes the repeating having of the whole into repeated, repeated fractal creation. In other words, kind of explaining what this game is. You know, we have oneness and we're splicing off to have experiences. Um, and that's, that's kind of what this whole idea is about, right? Only to then, you know, turn back and return to the whole, having gained that knowledge, gained that wisdom. Um, Absolutely. And then I also thought about the idea of like, you know, I, what I've come to notice as I've been on my journey is there's a lot of, of sayings, a lot of idioms, you know, that we've taken for granted that seem to carry a lot more wisdom than we've initially perceived. Um, and so, you know, having now recognized the K as an indicative of, of mind, of thought, you know, I looked at it, you know, we've all kind of referencing dogs, you know, as man's best friend, right? But do a dog is what? A canine. And so is it telling us yeah, to think yeah. nine? Because a dog backwards is God. So think nine when referencing God. And that's our, our best friend. Because once we understand that, it will help us kind of take, our, take the steps towards, you know, our ascension. It's all, it's all very interesting, I think. I, you know, as, as you and Josh kind of talk back and forth, it's, again, we're all at different stages, but... I think we all kind of plant seeds within each other, right? And we, we, we uh, reap what we sow. And so I think as we kind of progress in this, it's all about this, this back and forth, this conversation. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, this is the sharing part, like we're saying. Uh, this is a, a big phase of this journey, you know? Experience, learn, um, share. Then you grow. And through sharing, you grow, like you said last week, Pete. And then, uh, and then we, we begin to, to move forward and to move on. You cannot get more into your cup if you're not emptying your cup. And of course, sometimes you'll meet resistance, as I, I do quite a lot. I get so many people who text me and tell me I'm, I'm stupid or I'm crazy or I'm this and I'm that, all kinds of things. And all of that is part of the growth process, it's part of beating my ego. You know, because what I want to do is, is respond intellectually. Uh, I want to, and sometimes even uh, emotionally. But um, I, I'm, I'm realizing that part of that is the growth for me to shed my ego. When someone calls me out or tries to call me out, um, you know, it's a reflection of myself. So it's all part of the journey. And, uh, you know, I don't fear, I don't fear persecution. Um, in fact, I embrace it because uh, it's part of that shedding of the physical, um, you know. It's the story hey, of sorry. Jesus, basically. Sorry, I'm back again. Yeah, so, yeah, we're just talking about um, shedding the ego and sometimes getting resistance from, uh, you know, we're in the sharing process and a lot of people will attack us a lot of the time and say you're this or you're that and it's easy for our egos to want to defend ourselves and to want to defend our stances uh, because we see something in a certain way or we understand something so clearly and if someone else is not seeing it and even worse, if they attack you, um, your ego is, 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 is challenged, but it's just a mirror that you have to face of yourself. 
So yeah. a big part of, of that sharing phase, you know, learning, experiencing learning, sharing, growing, and then, you know, that sharing phase, you cannot grow if you're not sharing. And that sharing will create chaos, like Pete was just saying now, what chaos really is. And that chaos is meant for you to overcome, for you to grow, to expand. Definitely, definitely. And that's why, we, you know, we try to, like, help our close ones out, you know, usually initially. Um, and that can create a lot of cognitive within them and almost pull apart a family if you haven't, um, you know, you haven't had the, the ego at bay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is, it is important to conquer the ego. Very, 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 very important to conquer the ego. Um, but sometimes, you know, it's never, it's never completely gone. So we're always aware oh, of no. it. Never gone. Yeah, I, I think the correct term is not to conquer the ego, but to balance the ego. The ego will always be there. It's part yeah. of our, our nature. But it's recognizing it and balancing it. And when you, when you recognize it, you're able to deal with it maturely as a mature spirit. I think that's the correct term. Yeah. Um, there's no way of beating the ego because it's just part of our of our physical journey and part of the whole the whole process. You wanted to say something, uh, Jason? Or yeah, I um, mean, in regards, like you were talking about, you know, seeing your reflection. Um, I was actually watching a video with Allset um, and Savan, and she started. Uh, and actually, I think it was on Beyond the Veils channel, but as she was saying. Uh, something about she sees water as the mother giving the son a, like a reflection to see himself. And as long as the son can see him, his reflection through the mother, then there's harmony. But when the son starts to see its reflection, just himself, then that's when, you know, ego comes into play. And I was thinking something came to mind. It's like when you do start to just see for self, that's when you get stuck in the matrix. So the mother, being that reflection actually starts to become the matrix and plays tricks on you. You know, you get caught up in the matrix from just seeing yourself instead of, you know, the bigger picture. Yeah. Selfishness. Hmm. That's yeah. a good way to put it, mate. That is, yeah. I you like want to say something, uh, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to touch on, you know, the ideas, again, going back to, to words and language, but the, you know, the pupils, you know, why do we call that part of our eyes pupils? And I think it's because, you know, they're informing us that we must learn to train our perception in order to expand our awareness, right? And then we look at our mind, you know, I, I kind of look at our mind as in, you know, M-I-N-E-D, as in we're mining. You know, we must mine the depths of our consciousness, you know, in order to expose those golden nuggets of wisdom to gain, a, you know, a deeper understanding. And so I just kind of leave you guys with that and I'll, I'll meet myself again. Cool. If I break down the word mind in the way that I perceive things as well, it's, you've got the M, you've got the I, you've got the N, and you have the D. You can either put the M and the I as my, but obviously the my is, is, is the M and the I, which represents you know, the mother's feminine or the mother's subconscious, we could say, the nine B in the energy. N is ending and D is form. So it's almost an instruction. The mind, the mind is something that you need to end the form with. Um, and it's here as a tool for us to accumulate the knowledge and then end this physical body using the perception that we've created within the mind. Um, obviously, mind can play tricks on us depending on what stage we're at. Um, but yeah, that's what I see with the word, it, looking at the word mind itself. Because I see now words as instructions, just like uh, the word transformation I was explaining, uh, I think on the last chat we did, but 
you can see the T, which is a physical Ra, which is the sun, end in N. The S is the sine wave. You've got FOR, which is four. You've got MA, which is the mother's T, which is physical ions. So the transformation is, you know, a physical sun ending a sine wave for the mother's physical ions. Again, that's the, that's the magnetism and finding the mother or, or the hot male energy, you know? Should yeah, beautiful. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. Really, really fantastic. And it's, it's amazing. One thing that I always revel, this mystery that we're in, you know, Josh, uh, Particularly, uh, particularly with our relationship, I find it, I always revel in, in the idea that uh, we're in the same bandwidth of frequency, but our perception is completely different, which is insane. It's almost like uh, we see things completely differently, but we see them the same. Right? The, the, the streams are different, but, the ocean, but they all lead to the same ocean. So there are a lot of times where we'll talk about things and I have to interpret what Josh is saying with my own inner dictionary because I see things astrologically. If you like, I see things metaphysically from a psychological point of view and Josh sees things from a physical point of view. He sees things from the manuals, from the, the letters, the words. He sees the coding in the, in the food. So it's interesting that... <laughs> That the two can meet. You can, you can, this is the balancing of the scales. And for me, this is confirmation that, at least for me, I think I'm on the right track. When I can meet someone who's in a different boat, maybe even in the same stream or in the stream next to mine, but we're, we're not babbling. We're, we're speaking the same language, but even if it's different languages, we understand one another. I don't know if that made sense, but, uh, you know... I just wanted to share that because I, I find that magical every time I think about that, that, that thought process. Oh, yeah, definitely. I do agree. I definitely do agree. You can't really put words on these things again, though, can you? Uh, it's, no. it's, it's more of like, you know, the, the perception that you have built um, and the perception that I have built, they, they've both been built for our own individual experiences. Mm. Um, but now we both have that, you know, a certain type of perception towards how everything is working here. Um, which is creating, you know, our conscious mind and the information that we share between us. Just it, it's almost like little interlinkments, you know, that just connect, and then they allow certain other ideologies that haven't been quite broadly manifest to manifest. And uh, not and not ideologies, truths, because it's all universal truth. Yeah, it's all it's all it's 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 all it's all truth. So the perceptions are different. The angles of truth are different but they all lead to universal truths, ultimately. And that's how I'd put it. And sometimes the perception of that truth is not as whole as we might think it is at the time, but it's certainly the stream is leading to that holistic truth. And that is the yeah. most important part. We don't know everything, but would like to think we're on the stream that is leading us to that oneness that we're always talking about, becoming one. Yeah. So right now we're on the way to the ocean. Um, and on that, on that journey, of course, there is scenery, there is an experience, it's a journey, uh, you know, and we get to the ocean, then, you know, you're at the end of the journey. So yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying the journey. And, you know, when people say, you know, everything's about singularity, there's nowhere to go, you know, that's fine. For me, I love this journey. Um, I, I mean, I'm totally embracing it, not just in this realm, but in all the other realms that are on earth. 
uh, I want to be fully immersed in it. I want to get to this new realm that we're calling Eden or whatever you want to call it at the North Pole, this Aryan realm. I want to get there and I want to enjoy that journey whilst I'm there. I want to expand and grow on my way to becoming one, on my way to the ocean because that is still the journey to the ocean. So I know for a fact I'm not, I'm not at the end of the journey. I'm not even midway through the journey. I'm just starting the journey. So the, the, the journey for me or the point for me of life is for me to fully understand this journey, understand where I am on that journey and be humble and be honest about it, but also to, um, to enjoy it and to walk it, to see where I'm going, to have a torch. So I'm hoping that uh, you know, the people that are resonating with my journey will enjoy the journey with us. We're talking about how, Josh, how me and you, uh, and how this magic happens when we meet up and when we're together. I think that magic is only possible because we are both in the same, um, what, what are you going to call it, paradigm. We are both no longer at war with the K, right? Yeah. We're both eating certain foods at a certain frequency, right? We have both taken similar virtuous actions. So even though our perspectives might be different, we understand one another because our frequencies are matching. Yeah. And sometimes we don't always agree. So I think a lot of people might think we agree. We don't always agree on everything. But we reason. Absolutely not. <laughs> but we reason and we see the big picture beyond that, whatever we might not be agreeing with at that time. Yeah. And quite often it comes full circle. Yeah, we end up coming back and saying, ah, I see what you mean. And then Josh will say, oh, I see what you meant. It comes all back full circle. And, so again, it's all perception. And like when you were saying, you know, we find things through different angles. I just want to put a little bit in perspective. You know, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the saying. I think Alistair Crowley wrote in one of his books saying, um, I am the, what was it, the finite square looking, for, looking to become the circle. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, I, I, I look at the word square and I see the sine wave of the Q, U, R. So you are this square, but the square is this Q. And then you'll also look at another word for a, a square, which could be a cube. And now you'll see C-U-B or Q-B. And then there's another word for a cube, and it's called a box. And in a box, you can see B-Ox. So you'd be an ox. And an ox is another word for a ball. So a ball is a circle or a sphere. And then you can see how all of these things are interlinked just, just through language. So, you know, if I had a, if I had a pen here and we, were, we had it on camera, I, I'd write it down for you. But if you look at the word square, it's S-Q-U-R. Cube is C-U-B or Q-B, if you want to put the C and U phonetically together, which is the Q in the square. And a box is B-O-X. Which, which ox is a bull. I don't know if anybody's also synchronizing that. It might not be making sense, but this is how I found my heightened perception synchronizing language with everything around us, you know, and then to find those little Easter eggs from Alistair Crowley, et cetera. It just confirms things in a sense what Martin was saying about with me and him, you know? Yep. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Magical, magical. So I think the next, the next thing that really we want to close off with is, you know, we're now at a crucial point. I think it's quite obvious, um, no matter what perspective you're looking at it from, 
this physical paradigm is reaching the crest of the sine wave. There are things that are happening within the world, politically, socially, economically, money, yeah. money all these things. Um, and whilst we don't like to dwell on them because we no longer live in that dualistic nature, uh, we are still in that world at the stage. And the only way we can come out of that world is maybe by taking virtuous action. But not just virtuous action, also taking virtual action. So again, virtuous and virtual. Virtuous action is the spiritual, the metaphysical, the oneness. Virtual action is the physical, the actual physical action. So we must take virtuous and virtual action. Now, you know, I was watching a movie the other day. Was it a uh, Avengers Assemble or something? I think it's a Marvel movie. Someone wrote me into watch. I don't normally watch those type of movies, but someone wrote me into it. And I'm glad they did. Because it seems like uh, if anyone knows about those Marvel movies, for the first time, they've brought all those characters who are in separate movies or separate paradigms into one paradigm. They've all become one. And they're all fighting a common goal now. They're all using their powers for a common mission. Now, the Matrix or this paradigm is telling us something. This is where we find ourselves now. Those of us who are on this spiritual journey and those of us who want to make um, this move, now is the time for us to assemble. We are the Avengers that must now start to assemble. And when we assemble, what we'll do is we will help one another unlock our, our superpowers, our supernatural abilities. And those supernatural abilities will help us collectively unlock information that will get us to ascend um, the way we want to ascend, if you like. So I know for a fact, and this is why um, Josh had to come into my life, because I was given the cosmic egg, I was given the where, the map of the universe. So I knew the where, and I know the where. No one can tell me otherwise. I know it for a fact. I've seen it, I feel it, I know it, 100%. I've got a map of the cosmos. I know where we're meant to be going, I know where I came from. What I don't know, is the how to get to where I need to get to. That's what I didn't know. And I knew that that is not my strength. That is not my forte. I'm not a coder. I'm not a reader. When Josh came into my life, right, he was the Avenger that is the coder. He's the reader. He's able to decode and read things. And now it's manifesting through all this plasma stuff. I'm now starting to see the how because I've been given the codes by someone who can read the codes. Now, Josh may not see, even now, he may not see the map because he's not a map reader. He can't, he, he, he will not be able to see that map because that is not his gift. It's not his thing. So he needs someone who is a map reader like myself. Now, there are people out there, Pete, you've come into our lives, you're a mathematician, and Jason, you know, um, you guys are mathematicians, you guys are, again, if we all get together, the internet is great, what we're doing now, but it's not enough. If we're together in, uh, in, a, in the same space and we can combine our superpowers, this is when the real magic will happen because we all have different gifts. We all have different uh, superpowers. But those can only be manifest when we're in the right space and time and around the right matter. Yeah, super being the sine wave of upper, the higher sine wave. This is super the Captain Planet. Those of you who are old enough to know who Captain Planet is, that that cartoon, right? You've got the, the five uh, the five beings, earth, wind, fire, whatever it was, and they all had to come together to summon Captain Planet. 
and Captain Planet was the Plasma, embodiment yeah. of all those powers. <laughs> so I feel a part of Captain Planet when I'm with Josh because Josh gives me insights that I could not unveil on my own because I don't have that sight. And I hope I do the same for Josh. I hope I, I give him pictures to things that he will not be able to see on his own. But I also so think you allow, you allow the eyes to see. You allow, you know, we're all going to be masters and build our own temples to the highest degree. So what we're doing is we're cross-referencing with our own individual divine gift that's been given to us through the virtuous takings of our, our, our you know, our actions. But also when you have your side and I have my side, it also allows me to give you my eyes and then you to give me your eyes. Brilliant. In a, in a very quick fashion. Um, you understand it's like almost we merge. Um, yeah into one conscious you know consciousness when yes. we're at that point um yes. i i feel you and i hope you feel me in that sense yep. and it's almost like our, our perceptions have merged um a bit like you know obviously not like it, the, the tantric ways of uh, of the sex magic but it's almost i would say it's almost that point where there's two becoming one yeah through mind um and I would love to share it with more beings, you know, but more beings on this journey is it's very hard for people to take the actions they need because of the way the system is. Um, but I think you're moving towards that. You know, it is time for us to just pull together. You know, if you're on this journey, come on, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's get rid of our proper ties, our houses. Let's sell them. Let's get some equity and let's go and get some land. Um, you know, Martin, there was, was there two acres of land? Uh, I'm not saying this is what we're going to be doing, but two acres of land, for example, in the Amazon forest was 5,000 American dollars. Is that right? Yep, it is. And that's just outside of the Amazon. Um, yep, in you know, uh, Uruguay. And this is, uh, this, this has an, a bit, this, this is so easy for people to just do. And if we can create even 10 to 20 families that do this or want this or 10 to 20 beings that want this, the abundance that we could share and the information that we could share could progress our journey to such a point. And we do not want to be in houses and we do not want to be in a matrix if we're on this journey, really, you know? So really we're just going to ease ourselves, uh, encourage our spirit to come out just by taking actions, just by moving away from where we are, collectively meeting, getting back to nature, growing our fruits and vegetables, building our, you know, our plasma charges for our water, our free energy for our homes and just enjoying experience around beings that resonate like us until we've, you know, fully, I'd say fully win with the twin, you know, Kundalini, everything. It's very, very important that we get together. It is. is it, it, that's, yeah, yeah, you're right, Josh. Isn't it interesting as well, guys, that when you hear about all the great mystics of, of past, nearly all of them are said to have died penniless, yeah, and alone. Okay, that's what the matrix tells us. Now, when I hear that, I don't hear them as they died literally penniless and literally alone. What they're saying is these people detached themselves from the matrix. That's what they did. So I don't think Tesla, I don't think he died in a room on his own, like we're told. Absolutely not. I think he died in abundance and he, he didn't die, die. He transmutated, if you like. Right? Yeah. He died polarized. And I think a lot of them do the same thing. Same thing with us. If, you know, we want to build this foundation, uh, when, not if, when the time comes and we get our land and we move on to this land, um, eventually we will be cut off from the rest of the world. And people might look back at us and say, these guys were onto something, but they died penniless and alone in the Amazon jungle. They had nothing. 
Little do they know that we ascended. We went there, we did magic, and we moved on. And that's how this paradigm works. These are secret doors within our universe yeah. for those who are ready to move on. But those doors cannot be found in Babylon. They cannot be found in the concrete jungle, in the matrix. They can be found out in nature. You must separate yourself from you know, the constructs or the, or the fake matrix. Um, and only then you'll get the eyes to see and the perception to, to really see where you can progress to. And then also by moving somewhere like that and, and creating an abundance of fruit and veg for you, well, I'd really say fruit for you to consume, then the perception will be heightened again and then realities will change. Um, but it is a continual journey of self. And that progress is, you know, it is again for the G, that's what we were saying when we cut off, G-R-E-double-S. These double S's are the two sine waves that need to be joined together. And RE is rightfully establishing them. And, and G is seven, which is the seven incandescent colors of this experience, which I would say would be Ra. So any progress is, is for those two ions to be connected, or the two sine waves, sorry. And uh, Congress is, is conning them and stopping them. You regress is bringing them back. And you can see it all in the language. Well, I can see it all in the language here. Um, language is instructions. And I'd really love to share this again, but it's very, very difficult and very hard to be able to bring these eyes to see unless I talk about simple words like, you know, rainbow being Ra in a bow, you know, an alarm being all arm and basic being B as I see, you know, these sort of things most people can jump to and go, oh, wow, I see it. You know, tissues as T is a physical issue or you have tissues for physical issues that blow your nose and wipe your bum or you have skin tissue, which is an issue is you. So the physical is you, which is your tissue. Now, these things people attach ourselves to, but this language goes many, 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 many miles deeper. Like there's four, like we were saying before, there's many stages to the language. There's subconscious, unconscious, conscious, and superconscious. And depending on your level of awareness, this language will either control you or you can control it through sigils and spells. And this is what we want to get to, isn't it, Martin? You know, together, fundamentally, on land, so we can practice this. Right now, we're driving around in vans. We're staying in beautiful places and observing beautiful nature, but we're not able to do these things and create because we don't have the land to do it. We're not grounded. No, we get grounded, but we, we need grounded, grounding with beings. Yeah. We're, not, we're, not, we're not grounded enough. And that's, and that's the point. Yeah, I'll touch on that. Um, I was just thinking about earlier when you were talking, you, you often reference a map. Um, and I was thinking the other day, I think there's a reason we call you know, the keys to a map of legend, right? Because I think a lot of these mysteries are encoded within a lot of our, our myths and our legends, right? We, we're looking back and we're starting to, to perceive them with a new lens. We're starting to understand that within a lot of these stories, or the way I interpret that as a storage of energy, is, is, are the truths. Um, so as I think we continue down this path, I think we're going to, you know, get closer and closer to, you know, that which we, we strive for. Um, and then you, you mentioned you know, the stories of, of some of these famous, you know, leaders of thought, if you will, that died, you know, alone um, and without any real material wealth. And my thought in regards to that is I think some, you know, when you gain material possession, I think we've all seen this too. When you, when you have a lot of stuff, it weighs on your mind. It weighs on your consciousness. You get stressed out because if something were to happen to it. Yep, that attachment. And so there's almost like a magnetic property to these things that we acquire. And so I think that it's, as we um, remove these things, remove these attachments, it's not that you can't have some of this stuff in your life, but you're not attached to them. And I think mm -hmm. that lack of attachment allows us to transcend, you know, this third sphere, because if you still, you know, harbor some of that, 
you know, those attachments, some of that, you know, magnetic property, it's going to, you know, cause your being to want to come back here. Yeah, that's just my thoughts. Absolutely, Pete. And, and you're so, so right about that. But uh, I think where me and Josh are coming from is even one step beyond that, where we're saying, even if you did detach yourself from those things and you had them, which we could easily do, and I could go back in the house and be detached from it completely, which I was actually. When I was in my house and I was completely detached from all that, the next step after detachment is actually becoming a magician, actually doing the magic. There's one thing talking about these concepts and discussing them and hypothesizing and saying, oh, I think plasma is this and I think plasma does this and if we do this, this will happen. It's one thing saying these things. It's another thing putting them into practice, doing them. Yeah. And this There's is the one. stage we're now at. We now want to be doing these things, not just talking about them, not just talking about this electromagnetic body that we have and detaching our plasmic field, but literally doing it. Now, to yeah. do that, you must detach yourself, uh, obviously, from, um, from the energy that is not aligned to that, to that, to that journey. Right? We want to do magic, and magic is magnetism, and magnetism <laughs> is found in, in nature. So we need to be out in nature. This is why the matrix, exactly. This is why the matrix has, is trying to destroy nature, trying to pull human beings away from nature. Because when we're in nature, magic happens. And it's doing you a favor. It's trying to wake you up to the realization that this matrix is, is not, not of the mother, you know? There's nothing natural here. And it's showing signs every single day for you if you are conscious and aware that it will slowly progress you into a state of full of awareness if you keep on moving. Be like water. Beautiful. Yeah, no, so, I totally agree. I mean, something else that comes to mind when, when you just you know, say these things is, you know, I think we touched on it last week a little bit about the, the idea of the egregore, of that kind of, kind of you know, algorithm, if you will, that amplifies consciousness. And that goes in, into the idea that the more and more people believe in these types of things, and, and you know, the, the more likely it is to occur. And I think that's what it comes down to, having conversations like this. And each of us, you know, my hope is that we all go home or, or go back to our you know, other groups and, and you know, speak of these things and plant little seeds. So you get more and more people turning their attention and, and expanding their awareness of these types of concepts. Because in my opinion, the more people that are starting to open up to this idea and starting to believe in the possibilities, the likelihood of us all witnessing some of these, you know, perceived magic things happening within our lives. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. So beautifully put, Pete. And what we're trying to do right now, or what me and Josh are suggesting is not everyone's going to do this. Not everyone's going to be drawn to this. Uh, we think there are a few people and all it takes is a few people to unlock those doors. And we're calling out, there might be three or four people listening to this right now. And we've got the resources and the will to do this. We'll get in touch. The idea is for us to summon Captain Planet, like we're saying. That Captain Planet cartoon was trying to tell us. This is all we're trying to do. So we know that we need um, a few of us with the right frequency and the right energy um, to bring our plasmic fields together to create one very strong plasmic field. Uh, and this is where it says where two or three or more are gathered I am there with you in the Bible. There being God, I'm there with you. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're trying to do. So we've got to gather ourselves. We've got to put our superpowers together and uh, be in the right elements 
in the right space, in the right time, because it's the right time now, but we now need to be in the right space. And uh, if we have the right matter, uh, which is nature, then magic will happen. This is not just concepts we're talking about. We now know this as a fact. It's not just something we're saying. We I know can truly say that I, I've, I've been through it. I, I moved away myself three, three years ago with my family, you know, to Spain and uh, had loads of land, grew all our own organic fruits, planted 150 fruit trees. I just couldn't sustain that because I had nobody to come who wanted to come. I didn't reach out online. I was just on my own. Um, but I can tell you my heightened awareness um, at that stage, you know, I could see it grow exponentially just by being in nature and, you know, being able to manipulate magnetism is definitely something that's plausible and possible as I've done it. And you cannot speak of these things. You have to show these things. And there's so much excitement waiting for people if they would just take the leap. Now, the leap is the scariest thing because we're controlled in this paradigm by fear. Now, fear is the block, is the anti-resonator. Um, and yeah, we, we've got to take actions to, to, to remove these blocks. Otherwise, fear will manifest and we won't get anywhere. Um, there was a word that I had stuck in my head when you said the algorithm earlier on. Um, and this was, obviously, you see the rhythm, which is a beat or a movement. Then you've got all, G, and then the O. Now, the G being the seven or the Ra, it's all Ra's vibrational rhythm here. And this is the projection that we're upon. Now, these algorithms can be manipulated and we control our own computers within them. Otherwise, we are on set algorithms here through language, um, symbols, and signs. And um, breaking through this perception is, is, is key. It really is. And, um, you know, we're here. We really want to help people do it. We really want the actioners to action things and, and, and to come and to join us on this journey because there is so much to share with you guys um, that's just very, very difficult to share through this medium. Um, but knowledge is no ledge and we will keep expanding and just trying to drop little hints until the right people are there. And, and we're going to be doing this, aren't we, Martin? There's nothing going to stop us. We are yeah. making sure this is happening. But for now, um, we've we've been connected and we're out here reaching out because we're trying to find this, we call it the soul family. Um, and when we do this, it's, it's just not far away at all. Not far away. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, like we're saying, this is not for everybody. You know, um, if you're not resonating with it, we're not saying put yourself under stress or under pressure to do things because you're feeling, Oh, maybe I need to do this. No, no, no. When you hear the bell ringing, you will hear it and you will not be able to resist. That is it. You know, when Josh came and he says, Martin, you need to do this to get to the next stage. I just knew I had to do it. I had to drop my fear. I had to leave my home. I had to do all those things. And I'm glad I answered the call. I'm glad I answered the call. And now that I'm there, I'm saying if everyone, if not everyone, if enough people who are on the same journey as us, enough of us got together, what me and Josh have so far un unveiled Imagine how far this could go, how quickly this could happen, and how magical it could happen. Of course, like Josh is saying, we could just do this on our own, even quietly. This essentially could happen whilst we're on the road, traveling in our vans, and that's fine. And we could ascend to whatever it is, and that'll be the end of it. But that's not, the, that's not the idea. The idea is twofold. There's two things we want to achieve here. The first thing is, let me tell you what my greatest fear is. My greatest fear is to look back at this life that I'm in now, when I'm in my next lifetime and say, 
I could have. I could have done that. I, we could have achieved that. We could have, we could have been the first or we could have been, um, we could have been able to do this if we had tried, if we were brave enough. That is my biggest fear, if. So I don't want to look back and say, I could have. I want to look back and say, wow, we did this. I can't believe we actually did this. Yes. The most impossible thing, we did it. You know, no one would believe us, even if we told them we did it. That's the first one. The second one is we want to leave a blueprint. This is what we say in the foundation for other people in the future. Why are they called blueprints? <laughs> blue, there you go, blueprints again, that blue. We want to leave something for people in the future. This is why I make these videos. This is why we're doing these hangouts. This, for me, is not for people in the right now only. This is for people hundreds or even thousands of years from now who will come across this information in different timelines, in different ages, etc., etc. Information is never lost. Never, never lost. Stored in no the water. It's stored in water, mm -hmm. right? In silicon. Right now, it's stored in silicon, what we call computers. So even if they deleted these from YouTube, they will exist somewhere and they can be found at some point somewhere at, in some other time. Of course. I even, I'm even at our perception right now, Martin, that when I'm, 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 for instance, I was at the park with um, my boy and he was playing on a certain thing and I seen what happened to that piece of um, play park. All the past histories, everything just ran straight through me. And I could see that, and that is information that's just carrying a resonance there. Now, water has the capacity to hold the resonance of all the ages. Now, if we understand water to its full capacity, we can understand how to get the information. Now, this information can be grown within just by understanding and perceiving what these elements actually are. Now, if you're conscious of you know, the fact, like I was saying, I think the last chat we did on food, the perception of even putting a knife that's non that is magnetic through your food is creating a ripple of positive charging. Now your food should be negatively charged or, or neutral charged in that way, you know, to attach itself to the positive to create this zero point. Um, and if our perception isn't there, you know, as it grows, we then see these things. So everything carries a resonance and every resonance has a history. It's just being able to tap into the history or the resonance of the frequency of the, the matter or the material that you're touching. So every single thing has history with it, depending on obviously the age that has been created, you know, obviously like bricks are, you know, quite new. So it wouldn't really carry much of a resonance apart from the people that have touched it. But this is why it's so important to pray or to give emotion to the food and to the water things and water bodies around us, because this creates a, a healthy environment for us to ingest or to meet, as I should say. But yeah, I don't know if that made sense, but yeah, definitely. This, is, this has been gifted to me and I never used to have these. I wasn't, I might say I was born with this. Maybe I was, but maybe we all are. And we've been conditioned to obviously not, feel these senses but these things i've acquired you know kind of recently and this this is because i'm progressing and i'm acting virtuously and i'm really really i, I don't i don't sin there is nothing that i fundamentally understand as negative that i will do i will continue progressing in my virtuous standing and be given these gifts and showers of blessings and it's real it's a reality for me and I just want everybody to be able to have this experience to grow and to understand that it is literally just a process and a path that we must walk down the narrow path because the wide gate is open to the matrix. That narrow gate is, is, is feared by people in that paradigm for a very good reason because those people that fear 
won't progress. Progression only comes from letting go of fear and moving forward to love. Love and will are the only laws of this multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, ama- it is amazing. Like absolutely everything in this universe, how it's interconnected just through vibrations, language, verbatim, you know, a bell, you know, you see a bell, but why do they have a bell on the church? And why does a bell make a sound or a resonance? And you can see the word bell is like BL and what's L? This is what everybody's trying to become or die. Die is also L. Um, and why do they have it on a church? And what's a church? It's synonymous with the word Kurt, which is whorehouse, but whores gather information, or sorry, they gather men, but you can gather things. So this place is gathering of the energy. And I think, I'm not too sure, but I'd say that big churches would probably built on ley lines again. Now these ley lines are, are dipolarized states and this is creating a, a, a neutral standing or a neutral charge for every being that enters these places. Now, if you in a stand and you know how to... Uh, interact with these levels of awareness or, or these frequencies, then this is how you gain consciousness and awareness or pro-chessness, I would say, because con being the con of chess. Um, and this is why the Freemasons use the chessboard of duality, because chess is the true word. Pro-chessness, I would like to say, is the new consciousness, because we're moving forward. And this is for our chessness, not, not, not being conned, <laughs> you know? So language can be manipulated and we can write new coding and as we speak these new coding, we'll maybe bring forth new realities. But it's just because I'm using the word pro-chessness now and no one's ever heard of it and it even seems silly for me to speak. But to me, by understanding the symbols and the signs, that's what we should be saying. This is pro-chessness. Simply. But most people probably think I'm, an, I'm a nut just saying that. <laughs> you know? But to me, it just it resonates right. I'm correcting the language that's been given to us or adding to it because we've only been given a fundamental baseline. And this is like original thought again, you know, which we never have. We had our abilities capped. We had capabilities. Now, when we unveil these capabilities, we can truly bring out our essence and our essence, I suppose, is the true nature of us. It's, it's just a wonderful experience that, you know, everybody should have the experience to do. And I really think that every being on this planet is here to do the same thing. The same thing. We, we all have different ways of finding it, but we're all here to do the same thing because we're all individuals in divine duality. Um, one thing, actually, this is a thought that kind of came, came to as, a, as I was listening. Um, yeah, no, I was just thinking about, I think, Martin, I think you had reference at one point. You're right around, you know, 40 years old, correct? Uh, 35, 35. All right. So 30, between 30 to 40. Right. And I think Sevon yeah. is, is around that age as well. You know, I'm 40. It's interesting. We think about the cosmic clock and that, that first kind of energy spike, if you will, or, or kind of surge that, that caused that, you know, sixties and seventies awakening. Then things kind of, you know, res, you know, kind of subdued and, and people conceded back to the normal or conformed back to what society was trying or the matrix was trying to, you know, tell people to, to behave. But I'm wondering if, if those, and I don't know what your parents are like, but if those that were conceived during that energy spike are now kind of waking up around the same time, because it seems like I woke up at a very similar time to Martin. Um, I know seven was, uh, was a little bit uh, earlier than that, but uh, just, a, just a passing thought. It might not have any merit. It was just an idea. Yes, definitely. Definitely. No, I yeah, I agree. But I, I think the Matrix has things in place for this. You know, you, you look at like, for example, 2001, where they pretended that a couple of planes hit those two buildings and they fell down from fire. 
um, you know, in my opinion, um, I, I, I've done enough research. I spent a lot of time on this many, many years ago, obviously about 18 years ago now. Um, it, it's, it's a film. And it's there as a 9-11 awareness to either put you to sleep or to wake you up. Now, there's many, many of these that's gone across all time and they're there set. So these things allow conscious waves of movement for people to grow or to shrink in consciousness. And I feel like people do wake up at certain trigger points. Um, so I don't know when you guys woke up, but if you can resonate or look back and see if these are certain points in the history's timeline that you did awaken, you know, I think my, I was always conscious, even as a young boy, um, I managed to fight my way through the, the upbringing that I had, um, and find a path from a young boy, you know, like seven to nine, I removed milk out of the diet, was having water on my cereal. I was having no dairy and no meat in these stages. And I was like, you know, trying to find my way and not really knowing anything because my parents weren't able to, to guide me in that sense but um find my way so i'd say that was kind of a, a, a sign of consciousness but my true awakening i was i was around about like 14 so 14 i'd say how many years ago was that uh, 16 17 18 years ago so that would have been 2001 so the 2001 would have put me into that spiral of you know, this doesn't seem right to me. I'm going to look into this. And then from then on, I just absolutely indulged myself into about 10 years of um, gnosis where I was learning maybe five hours every single day. And, uh, and then I just stopped, disconnected and found nature. Um, and I don't really learn anymore at all. Um, I just kind of like use, my, use that thought realm to try and find information out that is coming from within. And as I say the word learn, I love the word learn because you can see earn and L, L being God and earn. You must earn your way to God by learning. And it's there as an instruction in the word. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with, uh, with both of what you've said. Um, I put in like the idea of, of the algorithm, like you're saying. I think, um, I think you're right in what you're saying, Pete, that uh, there is a spiritual algorithm to all of this. Because you'll find that there are certain generations that had a certain conscious awakening collectively. So, you know, like you're saying in the 60s, there was some sort of movement that happened there, conscious awakening that happened in the 60s for a short span of time. And then it's interesting that most people that are um, within our realms of awakening now are sort of within our age, between 30 and 40. And it's likely that their parents are in that spectrum of that 60s movement. So there is definitely an astrological correlation there for sure. Something's happened there. Um, and also, I think um, this current awakening that's happening now, you know, um, this is something else I think when it comes to me, it's going to come really good. You know, people talk about star seeds and indigo children and what, what are these? And I think there's something to do with what you're saying as well. So for instance, there's a group of us, like Josh is saying at 14, he, he started discovering these things. And I speak to people who say from birth, you know, from a young age, they just knew that this is wrong and that is wrong. Now, for instance, for me, I feel embarrassed saying this, but I always felt I was special from a young age. I was told I was not special. I was told I was rubbish. I grew up in an abusive family. But I, I always used to whisper to myself, no, you're special. You're here for something special. You're here on earth for something special. Did and you I always remember, feel like an observer, Martin, when you were young? Like you oh, was always massively. Yeah, yeah. Massively, okay. massively, massively. You know, one thing I remember doing very vividly from the age of about five or six, um, 
I hated being in the house again because I was an abusive family. I no, my family environment was not a, a healthy family environment. So I used to love sitting outside with my dog on the porch and my dog again, God, canine, and stargazing, <laughs> looking at the stars for hours on end. I'll just look at the stars. And right now, I can't remember what I was thinking. I don't know what I was, it's like, I try and sometimes think, what was I thinking when I was sat on, that, on those stairs? Looking just at ponder. The... I'd so, say it was, ponder, was like a ponder. I had no idea. But something was obviously happening there. Something was going on there that I can't even explain now. Now, Josh, right. I showed you my diary. I wrote a diary when I was about 15. Oh, um, wow, yeah. The poems and that. Yeah, the poems. So I've got this diary wow. and I wrote these poems. And at the time, I was just writing these poems. To be honest with you, I don't even know what those process was going. But Josh, you can attest to this. The depth oh, yeah. in those poems is ridiculous. Yeah. Even now I look it, back and I think, what the hell? It, it was, was like doing? you were talking from now, like with your from understanding. Now. Yeah, from, from this understanding now. But Did I know I wasn't in this understanding. Yeah. So I wrote yeah, those I'll... poems in a subconscious, superconscious state of mind whilst I didn't even know I was doing it. Streaming. Yeah, I was just going to echo that. Um, yeah, I mean, right there with you as far as you know, not wanting to come out, out as, as, you know, kind of arrogant, but absolutely felt different, felt, you know, special per se. Uh, I've always been a writer, always been innately creative, uh, wrote a ton of poetry, especially when I was younger. Uh, and, and to your point, Martin, you know, coming back and, and reading them now as an adult, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a, you know, such a depth to them that seems unusual for, uh, you know, a child of that age. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's really, really interesting. And I think my parents, you know, have also mentioned to me that I, I was much different from the rest of my siblings. And I think I, I, I might have mentioned this last week that I'm, I'm, one of, I'm one of nine children. I have complete symmetry Whoa. around me. Two older brothers, two older sisters, two younger brothers, two younger sisters. I'm the five of nine. Wow. And the fact that I was born on 11-3, on November 3rd, but my mom told me, because I used to I ask her at one point, cause I think I, I went to Las, Las Vegas for, it was actually a, a college course called... Um, intro to casino gambling or, or, or casino management rather. So we went to, to, to Vegas and I played roulette and I used to play the same numbers, 23, uh, 3, 23, and 27. And I've always had this fascination with the number 23 and I can never really, you know, determine why that was. And then I shared that story with my mom and she's like, your original due date was the 23rd. Now what's interesting to me now, having like dug into the things I've dug into is November actually is supposed to be the ninth month, right? Nov indicating yes. nine. And so I would have been 23 accumulating to five, the five of the nine month, right? But now knowing that we consider um, November 11, the fact that maybe my, you know, my, my soul is like, oh, let, let's, let's change this up. Let's go three instead because now the one, one, three is five. <laughs> and so it, it's really interesting. <laughs> You think about that you know the idea that we choose our parents again um and you know the fact that I, I i must have had a deeper understanding of all of this and and i chose to incarnate at the time and, and with the family that i chose to incarnate with um it's incredible when you fit yeah. when you see what you're saying like when it, as you say it i see it yeah. yeah it's so right you know you're a little vibration just trying to find the right vibration for to carry you into this reality and when you do you sit there and you're happy then you know yep. what's coming. You know, you knew what was coming. No, absolutely. Uh, there's, there's definitely something to it. You know, uh, there are certain souls, I think, uh, that we're, we're, there's a predestined path for us uh, that 
you know, is very difficult for us to ignore. You know, again, like, like you're saying, you're talking about the numbers as well. You know, I was born on the 10th of July, same day as Nikola Tesla, which I only found out recently. I think Josh, you told me this. I didn't even know this. Mm. But interestingly, my grandmother was also born on the 10th of July. And my son, my firstborn son, was born on the 10th of July. <laughs> right? Um, um, I'm the firstborn of seven. I'm the first of seven. So again, all these things, we look at them. And some people might say, oh, you're just grasping at straws. And, but again, like you're saying, to us and to me, you know, to me, these things don't seem like coincidence. There must be something more to it. Whether it's just for the fact that they're, they're just signs or confirmations or affirmations, there is a deeper meaning to all these things for sure. Definitely. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, it's only perception that's stopping us or stopping you from seeing it. That's all it is. Yes. Something else, um, you know, Josh, you referenced 9-11. And I actually, this came, I, I didn't even think of this before, um, that video I shared with you yesterday, Martin, with the, with the mathematician. But yeah. reference. You know, September 11th is actually September being sept, you know, seven. So it's actually 7-Eleven. Yeah. And so you're yeah, looking exactly. at the 7-Eleven and, and, and that significance, that S even, that L even, and there, there's, there's something there. You know, you take those, that S and that L, is it, you know, your, your sell, your selling. Um, you know, there's obviously, you know, I know, Josh, you dig into this quite a bit. I think there's, there's something there. Definitely. This S, the S even is obviously the even out of the sine wave, which is the only sine wave here is the projection from the Ra, which is the seven incandescent colors. The L even is from um, merging the positive and the negative or the red and the blue or etc. to become this dipole. This dipole is a release in one's physical into the plasma state. And this plasma's, you know, what you would call your spirit and this spirit can be tangible in any way. Now, when you're in that realm, you can create your realities. So first of all, you know, each individual number tells a story and an action. And so does each individual alphabet letter. And then you start putting and merging these two together. Then they start having instructions to a, to a T, you know? So yeah, man, like, um, I just like we were sharing the transformation, you know, if you look at the word travel, fundamentally people think traveling is moving to go somewhere, but you see the word travel, you see a T, you see the word Ra, you see the V and you see the L. So it's telling a physical son to go to the feminine L and that's travel. So in a sense, instructions, definitely the sine wave even is the seven. You need to even out those colors and then you need to go to the L even which is the twin pillars of the mind and match that matter and merge your spirit and become it. And that's the instructions. But obviously that's a light, quick talk about how to do it. But I would love to just, I'd love to be around everybody like this and just be opening up and activating doorways for everybody and them doing the same for me. And it's very important that we, um, we just graph these numbers. It's all in the numbers, Pythagoras, man. Yeah. But when you go past that, I mean, I really truly mean it. It's instructions. It tells us what to do. In every sense of the word. Like right now, I'm just uh, I'm I'm outside a property, and I can just see two bins, and one bin's nine, and one bin's eleven. You know, <laughs> I'm in between the bins of nine and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the, they're very much instructions. Very, very much. Every single, well, mostly, you know, the fundamental, basic words that are here given to us, not created by matrix. You know, the the natural words. I'd say they're all instructions. Very much.
like the tesseract the word tesseract itself you know it's a t e double s the test is the physical ether dual sine wave so you know it's the tesseract is when you bring these two sine waves together which is the plasma state and that is how we need to be doing things um without spending a long time trying to give out detailed instructions um brilliant okay yeah, well done guys i think uh, i think we'll wrap it up now uh, i think we've we've almost done what three hours now i, I don't know can I say something real quick, Martin? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, and I, I got to run as well. So um, I'll say this and then yeah, I'm pretty much done as well. Um, but how Josh was saying, you know, the, like a different word for consciousness, but we don't really, uh, people don't really resonate with that. So, you know, they wouldn't be accepting of it. But I was, um, another thing, uh, and right after that, Pete mentioned something about Tavon, but I think he says where the sun is Sunday, but the sun's number is one, uh, the moon's number is two. Uh, but then we get to like, say like Tuesday, which is Mars and that number is nine. So uh, there may be an actual order that we don't know. We're just given the order that we see right now, but there may be an actual order that we need to remember and get back to that. So where that, that, that word that Josh used for consciousness may be the actual word you know, from the beginning. Just been lost it and changed. Correct. And, yeah. and guys, and guys, for us to unlock these words or to put these words into action, it goes back to what we're saying. We need to be in the right environment. These magic spells and these codes will not unlock themselves if we're behind our computers, in our houses or whatever. They won't. So again, 100%, these are all codes, but these codes, you need to be in the right space and time. You know, uh, what was the one that we unlocked the other day? Uh, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sola. Was it? Do you oh, remember? Oh, wow. Yeah, Do, man. Do, Re, Mi, Fa, the Sola. Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sola. Do, Re, Mi, Fa, the Sola. So again, when you, when, you, when you read into the depth of these things, um, you start to see, again, like Josh has been saying, over and over, these are codes. Yeah. And these codes just mean magic spells. These are spells. And, and these that spells Do, Re, Mi. Things. The, the true saying of those that that um chromatic scale it, the true meaning in latin if you can decipher the latin it, like illiberalis i'm trying to picture these in my head but it means for one to see the creation you must you know the the divine creation you must wash your polluted lip and mm. that's what you need to do to be able to resonate with the divine creation you must wash basically the sins away that's the sine wave. Yep. The sine the sine wave is what we were talking about is the S even. So you must balance that sine wave first to be able to cleanse yourself from this physical body, which is a projection from Ra. And that's a plasma state creating these plasma fields, and there's a field behind it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, guys, um, anyone want to say something before we go? I think we'll just wrap it up now. I'm just getting into the swing of things. I think it's because it's late now. But I'm, ready to, I'm ready to chat now. <laughs> um, it's been lovely chatting to everybody, and I hope everybody is well. I hope everybody's happy. But um, if anybody's ready to progress again, please just contact us because we're all, we're all ready to find our family and to move forward because the keys are here. We just need to put them in the doors and turn them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
absolutely and uh, and definitely now is the time i think uh it's just so obvious uh we might talk about this next next uh, next strong you know how the current affairs are tying into what's happening because uh I think it's easy to get into a state of limbo where you just think, oh, you know, is something really going to happen? And you get complacent. But the matrix is continually sending out signals to say, hey, look, look, hey, look, look. So the 9-11s are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. We are almost 100% sure, aren't we, Josh? Not 100, but we're pretty sure there's going to be an economic crash soon. We think maybe even in September. This, just before, yeah. just before the end of September, it's sort of been planned for. But they keep getting pushed back because the, you know there are people out there that are trying to, you know, manipulate these things. But it's only been pushed back a couple strongs, a couple weeks. So um, you know, original yeah. date was like the 9th of August. Now it's been set back. So by the end of September, there's probably going to be a complete switch of currency from a from a non-back fiat currency to a back gold standard currency. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of things that are going to be changing, but that doesn't affect our progression. If we're together and we're eating our own food, we can disconnect from that and we can all just keep moving forward and progress. The matrix is here to give people signs to try and awaken people to certain states so they can then free themselves. But action's only going to create an environment that we need to be in. So, you know, we all know we need food. Yeah, We all know that food is supposed to be grown from the ground and the ground that we're supposed to eat, the fruit drops off the tree. It contains the seeds. The seeds go back into the floor. They create the fruit again. This is a, this is a cycle, a basic cycle that we need to adhere to. We need fresh, clean water. Plasma-charged water creates a perfect environment. It kills all bacteria within the body. You know, these GANS plasma states of, um, uh, of healing as well. This is such a capability that we can all do. So... There's just so much that we can do moving forward and it's hard to even put your finger on one thing, but just within a couple of moon cycles, we'll be able to create the environment that we need to be existing in while the fruit grows. Now, if we have a certain amount of money, we can just go to the organic markets and to bring the food back to share in abundance until the foods are produced by our own trees. Um, so it's not, it's not a long period of time. So find the land, get an idea into play, buy the land, move into the land, and build this little slice of, you know, Eden while we progress. Because this journey really is of self, but collectively we can do it together, you know. So this magnetism thing where you create in bonds with other people is so important that we do do this. And, you know, alone, it's very difficult. But alone is also all one. And that's when we become one with the oneness. So you're on your own, but you're also collectively together. It's a bit of a contradiction, but I hope you understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are totally, totally, and you're absolutely right. And uh, and one thing that I see very, very clearly, we're reaching a, a stage where uh, this paradigm is going to start to close in on itself, um, for sure. So already we're seeing the split in the world. We're seeing the split between those who are going organic and those who are going completely inorganic. Mm. You know, we're seeing they're really pushing this. Uh, transhumanism agenda. They're pushing yeah. all this uh, robotic AI stuff. Um, you know, they everything is becoming one, but in an inorganic way. You know, cryptocurrency. This new currency coming in is going to be a one-world currency. We all know about the one-world government plans. It's not a secret anymore. It's not even conspiracy theory. Uh, one world. It's going to merge, but it's going to be an artificial merging. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be a, a bad thing for those who. Um, are prepared for it mentally 
absolutely not. If you're prepared for it, then when it comes, embrace it and go with it. Because if you fight it, you're going to be in hell. It's going to be hell. If you know you do not want to live in that paradigm, you must take the virtuous action now. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, it is very important. There will be a there will be a pivotal point in time where people will be forced to go one way. Yes, and it won't be the it won't be the the right choice. It won't be the righteous way because there'll be no food, and people will be forced to go where the food is. Now, plan planning for food and planning for things like this, or even having an understanding of what wild foods you can eat is going to save you. But you know, there's going to be a big control system, and we've already had it unveiled to us through films, and we have been living in the day of the dead. Everybody yep. around us is dead. They have a non-vibrational body and they eat non-vibrational things which don't create the living tissue or the living mind. This is, this is what Pinocchio is and was and we were these things. We had uh, you know, wood bodies and we were controlled by puppeteers. And it's only until you become virtuous and stop doing all the sins that you can become a real boy. And when you become a real boy, there's limitless capabilities out here for us. And uh, the journey is fun, man. The journey is life. The journey is key. And it's in, it, just by embracing it, it's just going to be everything that we've always dreamed of, that journey that we've always dreamed of, the, the movies, the, you know, that inspirational film that you've seen that gives you hope. You know, the hope is in you and action is your karma. Take the action now um, and, and come with us on this journey if you're ready, you know, because we really, really are doing this journey and there's nothing stopping us. So, you know. You're all welcome if you resonate. Now, we, we just wanna, I just want to stress the point that we're not here trying to preach or tout money from people or, or create a cult or any of that because I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash uh, people saying all these crazy things. What we're trying to do, what, you, what Pete said last week about shining our light, it could be easy for me and Josh to sell our vans, get our savings that we have and just disappear tomorrow. We could do it. Go into the Amazon and we're gone. We're off grid. We're in our little pie of heaven. Like we said, it's only five grand for about two acres. We could buy four acres for both our families and a few other people. And we're done. We're out. We're gone. But again, we know that there are people out there who still are on the same path of us, um, who can benefit from joining us, but also who can um, enrich our journey as well. We've got something to add to our journey as well. So we want to grow this family, but we now want to start doing it, not just virtually on the internet, but virtually in reality. We want to show so people this, what life is. So this, life. this is all that we're making now to say that soon, we think that window will be closed. Soon, this economic crash, or when this economic crash happens, I think the internet will go down with it for a bit. We will not be able to communicate for a while. And those who need to make moves will have to make moves during that time. And that could be the end of it. I'm not trying to scare anyone or anything, but this is the reality that we're in. I don't want to live in a world where we're just all kumbaya and it's all oh, spiritual talk and everything's lovey-dovey and we're all in the moment. There's a, a, a realistic element to the time that we're in. There is a physical realistic element. It's time for action now. We were given time the time for, for knowledge. We were given Absolutely. the time for knowledge. It all comes in cycles. We've had about 18 years for, uh, for Gnosis, haven't we, since... Uh, uh, the, the 2001 thing which is a cycle four times 18 is the 72 the occult right hand side of mysticism yeah it's very it's very important and i definitely yeah. agree with you martin you know no scaremongering yeah. no money you you no. can't keep your money just come you know just come on the journey money's not going to serve you there but it's going to enrich the experience that we get to get there but 
once we're there and we've planted all these trees, we've got no need for it because the trees will provide us things that we need to do to get money or currency if we ever need it. So we're going to be self-sufficient. We're going to be self-sustainable. You know, money is just going to help us get there or build a bigger foundation than we did before. So, you know, money's not really necessary but it's definitely a tool right now to hurry this journey up so you know if anybody is on this journey and wants to move and wants to go and find you know their family and uh grow fresh fruit and vegetables grow medicines create free energy to create plasma devices to clean oneself out to perfectness disconnect start playing music start understanding music the chromatic scale and all these other things that philosophers should be studying you know then we're here we're going to be doing it and we'd love to help and we'd love you to help us We've got nothing but love for everybody out there in this whole multiverse. And we want everybody to progress. And that's all we want for people. We want people to experience love and light and state and, and, and blissful states that's all achievable by everybody. Brilliant. Building Eden from the outside in. It begins now. This is the practice run, like I've always been saying. Those of us who are meant to be ascending into this new realm, uh, we're not going there to uh, to a big city, whatever. We're going there to build a village, to start again, in essence. But in a, it's a magical place. It's a different place. Giant trees, bioluminescent water, plasmic um, energy that we can manipulate ourselves. It's beautiful. It's a new school. It's a new classroom with new tools, new curriculum, new textbooks, new perception, new ideas. But we have to stop practicing now because if we get there, and we've not practiced, it's going to be a difficult start for our, our journey there. Yeah. So all these things we're talking about now, plasma and energy and magic, this is all just practice, really. That's all it is. I just want to quickly say as well, for the main liberate. Li you, know, you know when you took your leap of faith from staying in the proper tie to now moving out to the van to becoming more with nature right now? Yeah. You leave fears and anxieties behind. You know, this, this place where we're going to create now, you won't have fear or anxiety there. So it's just going to be a beautiful environment to exist around, you know. So by taking this leap, if you do have fear and you do have anxiety, it will just be alleviated from you just by making a leap. Or, 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 100%. And, and, and this is conquering those fears, you know, just like Bruce Lee's life story when he used to have those fears. You know, what did he have to do? He had to go back and conquer his fears in his dream state. And he had that big, you know... Um, I think it was Enter the Dragon, the film was called. I, I haven't watched it since I was a young boy. Um, my battery's about to die in 30 seconds. Um, but yeah, so we had to go back and conquer his fears. And this is all he's trying to explain. Let go of your fear. Move forward. Don't be uh, stale and keep keep on moving, guys. Lots of love. My battery's shooting down. It was a pleasure to chat with you all. Have a wonderful evening. And um, I look forward to speaking to you all soon. You take care, all right? Love you, brother. Bye. Love you all. Take care. All right, guys, on that note, love you guys. I think we'll call it tonight as well. Um, really enjoyed our chat. Um, next week, looking forward to that. Uh, uh, I think it's, gonna, it's just going to get better and better every, every week. We're every strong. Uh, love you guys. Um, good night.
Thank you.